Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. Uh, and thank you for listening. David is not here. He never is for the Oscars episode. Uh, but we do have, as his replacement, our uh, friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Jason, how you doing? I'm right here, Tyler. But it's not just the two of us. We do have a guest. It is, of course, fan favorite Josh Fadum is welcome, here. Josh. Very exciting. That's uh, Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Something's, What's happening? Something's what? not right here. It's, Wait, look on look on the card. It says the guest. Oh, shit. Okay. Hey, look, everybody. I know it's an audio show, but look, everyone. It's, in fact, Ian. Listen, everyone. Yeah, uh, it's Ian Brill. I'm sorry. <laughs> Folks, Ian. Tyler, this, Tyler, can I say something? Sure. I, I wasn't trying to be funny. I was looking right at him. Yeah. I didn't know it wasn't Josh Fadum and yeah. that it was Ian Brill. I was looking right at it. That's, I wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah, it's look, both both men fade from memory pretty easily. Sure. Ian, in fact, was the guest last year when we did this. But look, Who? I've... Huh? <laughs> right, exactly. Just because just you're the shoe and just because it looks like you're the favorite doesn't mean <laughs> you'll really be the winner. Just Oh, boy. So, yeah. Okay, so it's, J- it's Jason and Ian. And I am still... My heart is still racing. This is... Okay, so uh, a quick, just uh, we're ju- we're gonna jump around a little bit, but I will say that let's begin so, with the end. We'll d- begin with the end. Just just a few minutes before the end, you and I, Jason, were having a conversation in which you said, "Have there been any surprises this yeah. ceremony?" I said, "What's bit? What's the biggest surprise so far?" And you said, "Editing, editing." Yeah. <laughs> now here's the thing: Best Picture. If everything had gone according to plan, still would have been a pretty big surprise. It would have been, yeah. As opposed to... By according to plan, you mean if it had been announced correctly? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, best picture going to Moonlight. Uh, Now, given last year, maybe it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise. But at the same time, uh, it still would... Everybody was betting on La La Land. And then when La La Land was announced, everybody just thought like, well, all right, there you go. There it is, yeah. And then, you know what, I was... I was looking on Twitter and everyone's saying like, yeah, all right, La La Land, it's pretty good. It deserved to win. What? And I saw someone say, what's this tech guy doing? Huh. And then I happened to, and because we were watching it on a, on the ABC live feed, right. we were about 30 seconds behind everyone uh-huh. else. And so I'm like, tech guy. And I look up and sure enough, there's the tech guy. And I thought like, wow, that's really embarrassing. What's going on? And I, and I thought like, he's going to like, it's like, he's going to distract these guys from giving their speech. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, uh, yeah. I was looking up because I was like, oh, La La Land, there we go. Okay, let's prep for this podcast. Exactly. Here we go in this three minutes I have. <laughs> so I was looking up, okay, w- you know, what had won the most Oscars? I thought, oh, La La Land won seven. That's, yeah. that's quite a lot, you know, given how many, how like last year's Spotlight won three. Two. This, it won oh, two. two? Just two. Yeah, yeah no, this is screenplay and picture. I thought it won editing. Yeah. No. So, Damn. yeah, and yeah, you and I were saying, just, like, oh, it must have been, it's like, Slumdog Millionaire won a bunch, and I think since then it's all been small wins. Very small, yeah. Even, like, Birdman won four. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what you and I were talking about, and then I yeah. glanced down and says something about this uh, this guy walking around, and I just thought, like, yeah, okay, well, that's really awkward, and then suddenly, here we are. Now, am I wrong, or was it um, one of the producers of the movie... For La La Land said is the one who announced it. Is that right? Well, he's the one who said he says the one that's made a mistake. The one who looks like Jesse Thorne. I'm sorry, I, that's what that's, that's why I think <laughs> he looks like. But he that's, said like it's good. it's a you know he's the one who said this is a mistake, and we were all like, 
And what? then he held up the card, and they rightfully punched in yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. But it had to be. No one's that big a dick. No, one no, no, no. Is. But I just like, want to say, like, wait for ten is moonlight. You know, if 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 it's been announced and you're going, like, there's all this confusion already. Ugh, I just I adm- I admire that guy a lot sure, for yeah, having really. the gumption to say like I don't want to let this get out of hand like let me just an- let me be the one to announce this instead of somebody else yeah. figuring it out stopping it all this stuff like yeah. he was very bold in stepping up and saying no 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 here's what it is it's not yeah. a joke yeah and then you know and then he uh, he was the guy who said like like I am proud to present this to Moonlight like couldn't have handled super it classy now. In that moment, there must be so much going on inside you. There has to be an element of like, this is the worst day of my life. This is the most infuriating moment of my life. And now I have to be really classy about it. Uh Um, And uh, but he did it. And it's it's amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's. And then when you hear Warren Beatty's explanation yeah that makes sense it makes more sense that he wasn't doing what a 70 some year old would consider the hell of a bit yeah it's it really it was so i felt bad for everyone involved yeah i felt because everyone was going to blame warren Beatty and faye dunaway he obviously realized that yeah and and he was probably covering for yes himself but her as well because faye dunaway like, was no longer on stage yeah so he's like everyone's gonna say this daft old she woman said it she's, yeah she said yeah and so I felt bad for him. I felt bad for her. I felt bad for the producers of La La Land. I felt bad for the producers of Moonlight and yeah. Jimmy Kimmel as well for trying to like. You felt bad for Steve Harvey. I felt bad. Yeah. We knew the Steve back. Harvey joke was going to be made. My, I Obviously. liked it when he was like, Warren, what did you do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say the one person who feels good about this. John Travolta, because he, he is no longer oh, boy. the biggest flub. <laughs> he oh, boy. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he well, you know seat. what? I didn't ruin anybody's uh, year. Exactly. Uh, by doing I created that. a delightful little meme. <laughs> yeah. the, the name I made up was not another nominee. <laughs> didn't create that biggest screw up. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm telling you, like, is there anything even remotely close in terms of a screw up? At the Oscars. No. Obviously, Miss America, some beauty, but who gives a shit? Like, that type of stuff happens. It's obviously, it's a big deal in that yeah. moment, but that doesn't have the clout of the Oscars. And it was best picture. If this were sound <laughs> editing, That's right. of course, yeah. that would be unfortunate. And we're all bummed for the yeah. sound. Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. last thing of the ceremony. And also kind of, I mean, the big thing for me was was it, it's, a, it's a strange, but in some ways maybe appropriate, topper for the fact that we had this narrative this is one of the years i'm kind of annoyed that this sometimes happens when you have two films that are pitted against each other in a way that i think is kind of unfair mm-hmm. with right. Land, i think you also had it with like crash and brokeback mountain uh there will be blood and it's almost no always country. between two yeah yeah or yeah. like you know or even like mickey rourke and sean penn yeah sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. and 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 i was and you know and 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 People just want to write a million things. I'm a fan of both films. I like Moonlight better, but I, uh, I think they're both wonderful films. Um, but it is uh, a weird, uh, almost uh, repudiation, um, but also uh, symbolic of that narrative. The fact that both films get yeah, the yeah. get the get the spotlight yeah it wasn't they didn't say like manchester by the sea wins yeah oh no it's moonlight it's the one we all expected yeah yeah. like i mean some friends and i and i were uh, some friends and i were talking about like what if 
what if Natalie Portman had won Best Actress? Would right. Faye Dunaway have said Jackie? Jackie? You know, uh, which led to my Twitter joke that it's a good thing that they hadn't accidentally handed them Best Makeup because right. then Best Picture is Suicide Squad. And then it's official. Yeah, it's canon. Um, it's, so, yeah, it's... But you're right. It, it really, it came down to those two. Yeah. yeah. And it was... And the one that was accidentally read is the one we all assumed was going to win. Everything went according to the, the yeah. narrative. But in fact, it was this small film that like subverted everybody's expectations and then in the biggest way possible. Yeah. And also, I mean, just to get to maybe what was the other theme of the night, it does. It's a weird kind of mirror to the presidential election where you yeah. have someone, you know, win the popular vote, but not win the electoral college vote. Yeah. It, you know, Are you saying that La La Land won the popular vote because it made more money? Uh, it looks like Moonlight won the popular vote, but the uh, Academy Awards, uh, that's good enough for the Academy Awards, but apparently not good <laughs> enough for a country. Uh, <laughs> okay, easy there. I'm actually David's David's not here. So I got to be someone's going to I got to be the SJW. Well, it's <laughs> and let it be known. I mean, no one has to be. No, sure. baby. I'm so woke. They call me all day breakfast. <laughs> I woke enough for the both of you. Uh, if you could have rhymed that, I would have. I think I would have responded more to speak to that narrative, though, when you think about like the last, maybe the last 10 years or sort of Oscar history, but like yeah. the artist one, Birdman one, all these movies yeah. that are, that we kind of felt like, okay, maybe however much you liked those movies, you thought it probably got a little bit of a bump because it was about the industry. Mm -hmm. And then here you have the one time where the industry movie ab about itself is getting a lot of awards and everyone expects that to happen and kind of seems to love it more than they loved either of those other two movies. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen because yeah. maybe this year uh, there was an even stronger, if a little bit of a corrective narrative. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, in watching, it's been interesting to hear people talk about Moonlight. And I have been, I've spent the last few weeks pretty furious all the time. Sure. Uh, because I am somebody who is politically conservative and yet artistically minded. So what that winds up now, I admittedly, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump voting conservative, but right. so that does put me more on the side of one than the other. But at the same time, I find myself in the position of having art people uh, making fun of conservatives. But then lately uh -huh. I've had, I've, been hearing podcasts by people, some people that I actually know, some people that I have, that I, who I enjoy, but I've been hearing them talk about the Oscars. I've been hearing them talk about movies this time of year. Mm -hmm. And it's infuriating because yeah. they just, it shows just how out of touch, out of touch with culture they are and how comfortable they are. Can being I, out of can touch I with ask culture. you, yeah. what are the popular movies in the conservative world? Cause Hacks I will Ridge. say. Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. Cause I did look up Armin White's list for National Review and it didn't make any sense to me because he did it as a better than list. Oh, he always does that. So Jeez. I'm like, well, I can't but even make sense uh, of this. So, what, so Hacksaw though. Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is a big Which, one. Which you know what? Um, God has got some love this this year. It did. Yeah, it did. Like and and there's a guy who was who was writing like, you know, Oscar past and he used to he, he said what we all say. It's like, oh here's like Oscar's biggest mistakes as far as picture. And he said some stuff that we all pretty much agree with like one thing he said was you know 
Birdman, which admittedly nobody, we, we didn't think that was going to win Best Picture. No. Um, but we all thought it was going to be Boyhood. He says, like, he said, we're all going to be talking about American Sniper years after everyone's forgotten Birdman. And I thought like, well, you will. Uh-huh. And my, my fellow, certain of my fellow conservatives will, but it's a film I thought was good. But at the same yeah. time, like, I don't think about that movie at all. And I think about it only when I think about Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Or like certain and like, or how good a, an actor Bradley Cooper can be. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, but the point is, uh, I have, or been when hearing, I do my big Sienna Miller rewatch. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which you do once a year. It, it's, it's a whole week. It's a Thanksgiving thing. <laughs> Exactly. Is, there, is there anything else? Did Sully? Because that another Eastwood? Um, Sully, kind of, yeah. It just you'd think there'd be more embracing of Eastwood, but it's all, it tends to be they embrace him as a mm. as a person. But if any mate, if he makes a movie that is particularly political, and I guess there are some some uh, anti government bureaucracy things in Sully, but uh, but no, there wasn't as much embracing of that as I would think. But, Two movies you might think. <laughs> Um, before getting because one of them got nominated, so it's tangentially Oscar talk. Sure. Um, two movies you would think would be sort of on that list would be like Deepwater Horizon yeah. or Patriot's Day, sure. But neither of them did much business, and you have like I mean Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg after Lone yeah. Survivor. It's like they were like, okay, I guess this is our market. Yeah. We're just going to make yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars, and then their next two offerings in the same year, like yeah. people are like, yeah. We're really not that interested. I like to call them Mark Peterberg. <laughs> yeah. um, now, let me ask you. Okay. Was there any talk of Hell or High Water in the Conservatives? Oh, though? yes, there was. That was a big one. Oh, uh, it, because I think that's ha- a movie Hacksaw that Ridge. could go either way. Yes, that is one that they really uh, embraced And I think that might be the, uh, intentional. Yeah, no. I, yeah. Um, but the, one of the things that I wanted to say is that a, a lot of them were talking about Moonlight and actually did say this is a very good movie. Uh, but they also said, you know, it's about this guy who's black and he's gay and he's poor from a, you know, uh, drug, uh, you know, drugged out mother and all that kind of thing. And said, like, you know, it's hitting all the Oscar buttons. And the thing is this hidden figures. Well, just, <laughs> yeah. just as far as like, yeah, yeah. you know, if this were based on a true story and the guy had a learning disability, like we all, we all have our, our if it was radio, he means. if it were radio, yeah, essentially. But, yeah. But the, uh, I think I see where you're going. Yeah. Those are Oscar buttons. Those might be Hollywood buttons. Well, they are, they're, they're Oscar, at least nominee buttons. It's like, I am Sam. It's, it's the idea of, of if you play a certain type of downtrodden or outcast or something okay. like that, you'll get your nominees. The thing is, it's like, yes, it does do all that. But at no point did I get any kind of Oscar bait uh, element from Moonlight or any kind of it just it just didn't seem like that kind of movie. So the narrative of it getting any kind of awards love like it, it looked like it got um, it got recognition almost in spite of the type of movie that it is. Oh, totally. That's yeah. that's one thing that makes it so invigorating about it. Yeah, absolutely. Not so much recognition because one thing is because it's so much more um, artful and in some ways I would say maybe more challenging in the way that it's filmed, um, but in a way that I feel makes it more captivating. One thing I heard um, from uh, black friends and acquaintances in my life is they said, black movies aren't made like this. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, most movies aren't made like that, but, but especially um, films with an, with an all black cast, uh, yeah. uh, you know, so here's a question I've got. Cause I was thinking about this right afterwards. Okay. Taking out things like 12 years a slave, Sure. Anything that is slavery related 
or even Civil War related. Yeah. And I, I don't have the list of Best Picture winners in front of me, so I, there, there could be an obvious one I'm just totally missing. Mm-hmm. What, I guess, black-centric movies have won Best Picture that are not about slavery and or the Civil War? There aren't really many. I mean, so this is one like, of uh, like driving Miss Daisy is not officially about those things, but it is right. about it's about race very yeah. specifically. And, and I'd say this movie is less about race. I think ways. it's so specifically about this kid and this yeah. ha- this all yeah. happens to be part of his story. But it's not about uh, him relating or, or, or having conflict with white people. It's right. about him and his neighborhood and yeah. his life. So I think that I. <clears throat> Which, yeah, makes it even, I think, more challenging, to your point, Ian, in terms of what Oscar voters would respond to. It doesn't have exactly. that. Yeah. And also to so speak of, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about intersectionality uh, these days. Uh, how many films are there that not only have an all-black cast, but also have a gay lead? Like, right. To, to win best pick, like, like you can yeah. say, or some people could say, like, this um, pushes all the Oscar buttons, but to be honest... There haven't. I don't think there's ever been a, a best picture winner like this movie. Yeah, to uh, see the movie, you 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 get the clear sense that it wasn't made intending oh, exactly. intending to be any of these things. Yeah, Josh and I have been going through over at more than one lesson. We've been going through the best picture winners for the last you know two years, and we just a few weeks ago talked about Marty. Marty is definitely an outlier in the world of best pictures because it, right. it feels so unique to itself and it's not trying to be anything that a best picture winner is. Mm-hmm. I don't think Moonlight is either. I think right. it is, it's, it is its own thing. It Same might with like benefit. the Hurt Locker. I'd say there's always the, op- because it's a war movie, you never quite know, but uh-huh. that is definitely not your standard war movie. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it really is is uh, astounding that the film that it won Best Picture. Like, yeah. supporting actor was the thing that was guaranteed, and adapted yeah. screenplay was, was pretty pretty, mu- much, pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. So for it to win picture, um, yes, maybe it's because maybe the film was embraced because of the Oscar so white thing last year. But honestly, I don't think so. I think it's just such a damn good movie, yeah, on, and completely on its own terms uh-huh. that well, I think people if, couldn't help it. Even if it is a little bit, every year whatever wins Best Picture is embraced because sure. of whatever yeah. narrative people talk about there like, is. Yeah, like people that, ta- that happens. Yeah, people talk about like Martin Scorsese won sure. Best Director sure. for The yeah. Departed, not really for The Departed, but for his body of work. Exactly. If, I mean, if, if, if the Oscars ago. can have, it can if our culture can withstand course corrective maneuvers like that, Yeah, um, I'll take, I mean, yeah. this, this, you know, I and, and people say like, ah, uh, the, the, Academy Awards is such a bunch of self-satisfied and people telling each other how great they are. And there is a bit of that and that. Yeah, I agree with that to a little, to some degree. Sure. But there is something important about the exposure. Some of these films get, and I, Oh yeah. Moonlight. I, I would say moonlight in, in another world feels like the kind of movie that would play LA and New York for one week. Yeah. I never heard of a movie yeah. like Krisha that came out this year, which I yes. love, um, is, is kind of a similar thing. Could, you know, and Moonlight could have had a similar lifespan. Yeah. The fact that it's, um, and the fact that it'll be remembered in history, especially the way that yes. picture was yeah. announced, it'll certainly be remembered. Um, that shows why these awards 
for all their drawbacks, um, yeah. why they're important. In the first of my many parallels between Moonlight and the 2016 New England Patriots, oh, if ever there was like an equivalent to winning in overtime. I'm yeah. thinking of the election, and he's going like, oh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Oh, I yeah. know, I'm Jason all, doesn't have I'm a Boston Brady accent. All the time. But. Yeah. Um, the thing, so I like Moonlight a little bit less than I think both of you. Right. But the thing that is just as invigorating to me is that a movie that cost $1.5 million yeah. not only was nominated for more than just a few awards, like usually you'd get an, a supporting actor in a screenplay, sure. but it's nominated for technical awards, for its direction, yeah. for its cinematography, Which for its wonderful. music, and it won Best Picture. Yeah. Having not made that much yeah. money, but having just enough champions that it, it just that that says something about the way that our thinking about best pictures and about movies that we want to award could be going. And I think that's a good thing because it means you don't have to have, you know, a big studio project. You can just have something that is made with for lack of a better word, pure intentions yeah. to tell its story. And that if that connects, then it can, you can sort of ride that wave. And, you know, and to, to anybody that might say like, well, it just won because of last year. You would do it for fences. That would be the obvious choice. If you were or going hidden to do figures, that. hidden figures made a lot of money. Yeah, but it doesn't have Denzel Washington. True, but it does have stars and it has Oscar nominated and Oscar winning stars. Yeah. and that. But like, if that had won, then I think I might get a little bit more frustrated about like all the politics behind it. Sure, but and it's, it's making a it's, ton of money. Yeah, you but know. it's such a worse movie. Yeah. That is hitting. <laughs> that is pushing very specific Oscar right. buttons. Uh, it reminded me very much of The Blind Side. This movie is so small and intimate and just. Yeah, it's uh, and by the way, maybe just maybe someone listened to the BPs and decided. I think we all <laughs> know what think, needs to happen. Do here. you think White Snack being on the show and plugging Barry Jenkins' first movie helped? Obviously, it did. I mean, Obviously, there, I'm surprised he didn't mention you guys in his speech. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I if, think it's because of the confusion. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Things he would say. First of all, I have to thank two gentlemen, one of whom is watching at home: <laughs> Tyler Smith and, and David Bax. David, White's, I'll call you. When White Sinat came on their show, Popcorn Mafia, I forgot the name of it. Then I knew <laughs> things had really changed. I knew that nine years later. After being a writer on The Leftovers, I would eventually make... That's true, by the way. After making that... Uh, what was what was the name of the movie? What? Medicine for Melancholy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he... Uh, if you look up, like, Barry Jenkins' life, like, he started an ad agency, and then he was a writer on The Leftovers, and, like, huh. he didn't do anything for a long time, and then he made this movie, and people treat it like a first movie, but he's... Just, it, you know, I he's mean, been it kind of feels like it yeah. a little bit. Except visually. Like, it... that I, I've it said is, it before. Yeah. That film has no... That film has no right to look as good as it does oh, visually. Goodness. Like, its right. use of color and stuff, like, that doesn't... Yeah. That doesn't seem like a first film to me. Hmm. Like, it's... it's Well, but Whiplash was a first film. Yeah, me. that's true. I mean, I, I think, you know... In terms of like the next wave of of real directors, you've got him, you've got Chazelle. Yeah, that's true. And they 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 know how to create an image. Yeah, Barry Jenkins also, by the way, is he really short, or is his co-writer really tall? I'm gonna say yes. Okay, that's all right, <laughs> just checking. One is maybe. Let's five, get him six. in here. I want to. Yeah, I want to exactly. get Barry. Get out the pencil. <laughs> let's let's put it on the door jam. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, oh, are these your children? It's like, no, it's Barry Jenkins and his co-writer for Moonlight. <laughs> and that's all. They were in here during our post-Oscars <laughs> podcast. Do um, it every year. Oh, there's Alejandro and Yuritu right there. At this point, wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Given the, na- the the tone of the evening, I wouldn't be surprised if they confusedly wandered into my office here <laughs> in my home. Thinking it was the... <laughs> uh, it was, an Oscar it was party. like the Vogue after party. <laughs> I just I mean, set up a bunch of lawn signs saying Vogue after party this way. They're all handwritten, but sure. Big arrows that say winners this away. <laughs> it says winners only. It looks like Bugs Bunny trying to fool Elmer Fudd. I don't know what he's trying. Is he going to like capture them? Exactly. Yeah, I've got a big net hanging over and, uh, and, uh, well, I guess they already have the he's, Oscars. You're, you're, sure, you're going to yeah. be like a villain who's like who holds um uh, I don't know. But your master uh, plan prepare for ransom. <laughs> the master plan is just to get more podcast interviews. Yeah, gotta, that's, that's really it. I've got a big cardboard box being held up by a stick, and I'm holding on to the string, just waiting for them. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and you know we haven't talked about uh, talked much about uh, any element, any other element of the of the awards because honestly, who. There's a, there's stuff to talk about, but this is the thing to talk about. Yeah, no, exactly. my goodness, I have never uh, in the history of the Oscars like something like this has never happened. I, it, the Golden Globes would never fuck it up like this. We can all not agree like on this. <laughs> yeah, they would fuck it up worse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> best picture, son of uh, I don't know. And best picture goes to whoever has the whichever <laughs> film has the most movie stars in it. Can we right. get a picture, please? Ugh. Hollywood Foreign Press. I was anyway. going to say Son of Saul, which I confused with Better Call Saul. I was trying <laughs> to make call the Son point. of Saul. <laughs> oh, if you, oh, goodness. <laughs> Folks, if you watch these FX things, Thursdays. you'll know how. <laughs> Better Call Saul on AMC, not FX. I know. I'm just, this is the new show. <laughs> okay. Um, Better Call Son of Saul. So, yeah, FX. They're pretty edgy. Yeah. So, um, call okay. is spelled C A U L. Call. Yeah, you. Uh, I don't. Know. Is that, oh, that's like salt magic witchery thing. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like, isn't that how you spell a Winona Ryder's character in Alien Resurrection? That's where my mind went because wow. I'm all over the place. Oh, boy. Um, so uh, before we okay. move on, I should say this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. What about months. holidays? Hmm. No, it, holidays included. Holidays especially. Um, <laughs> do they do special holiday things like uh, Christmas time rolls around? They'll do Santa Claus the movie. Uh, yeah, sometimes they, especially around Halloween. Though, what about if I have the day off? They put a movie up on, on my day off. I mean, they'll certainly get the alert. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, they'll jump into action sooner because <laughs> they know you'll need something before you start banging your head against the wall, like a like a page in a 1950s TV co- uh, network. I'm like, absolutely, say absolutely. Um, okay, hang on a second. I have this memorized, and now I've been all thrown off. Every day they introduce a new title and you have 30 days to watch it. Watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Uh, now, I don't actually have any of the films uh, currently available in front of me, so you'll have to check that out on your own. But there is a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for one month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's what, what if it's a uh, particularly long, was a 31-day month? 
Hmm? You get that extra day? No, you have to pay a lot for that. So they call it getting thirty first. <laughs> Get the old three one. But you know what? They figure uh, February it all balances out. That's sure. what I'm thinking. Okay, now then, uh, mubi.com slash battleship. That's where you go to get your 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 thirty days free. Uh, so battleship. Again, that's two T's. Hang on. B T T A T T L. E six T's. There are six T's in right. Yes, <laughs> um, it's the. It's, we are going with the French spelling. <laughs> so uh, we're, T's are always silent in in French. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so check out Mubi, and then also check out uh, Tweaked Audio Earbuds, which David usually talks about, and thus I'm not equipped to do so. Uh, but our our code, our, our promo code is uh, pretension. So check that out. Uh, Tweaked Audio Earbuds. They're delightful. Moving on. Okay. So now that we've talked about uh, you know the 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 craziness of the evening, yeah. we can fall back into the, everything that was pretty much a hundred percent expected, except editing. Do you worry? No, now going back. Okay. Do you worry there's going to be conspiracy theories about Lala? Do you um, think this is uh, the next PizzaGate? Oh geez, uh, PizzaGate. What was PizzaGate? They didn't like that it's, they had pizza. No, it's, it's not. I, I don't know if I want about. you to search for that or Let to never me just search. hit enter on my Google search <laughs> right now. If you thought the John Benet Ramsey grew up to be Katy Perry conspiracy is crazy, and it is. I didn't. They, that's, that's a new one to me. But you know what? That, I buy it. Yeah, that is, I believe it. They Look found something that sinker. beat it. <laughs> uh, the pizza wasn't really pizza, is that it? I'm just going to guess. Uh, that's sort of it, is if, it, but it... <laughs> it was sushi? If Warren Beatty had not come up and explained what happened, and then the producer showed the envelope, I would yeah. say there there would be conspiracy theories like Marissa Tomei winning supporting yeah, actors. Yeah, I mean, but, well, we did mention this. What's the conspiracy yeah. theory there? That A she was really... supporting actor? That she was nominated for best sound mixing, <laughs> That's right. and yet somehow listen, Marissa, she does she does she double duty. She's a, yeah. she's a workhorse. This is part of the problem in Hollywood. They think women can only act. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, um, but no, it was that she she won best supporting actress, uh-huh. uh, and it was an upset. And Jack Palance, an older gentleman, was presenting, yes. and so people thought he might have gotten confused. And, and at the time, That's I don't think there was a teleprompter. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think there was a teleprompter. Also, there was just like I think they they said like, oh, he just got confused and like read the last name, like the last nominee, yeah. as though it were the winner. Also, the envelope wasn't on the ground as he was doing one. <laughs> right. yeah. Which, yeah, every time he would go down, it's like Marissa, Tomei, to- yeah, May, my cousin, <laughs> Vinny. <laughs> My biological <laughs> clock is ticking. Oh, this is a dumb I just saw dumb. that movie for the first time like six months ago. You know what? My cousin Vinny? That yeah. Oscar's never seen pretty great. That Oscar was well-deserved, I say. I agree. Yeah, she's great. I that thought that movie, here's how little I knew about that movie. I thought it took place in New York City. No, that's the whole point. Yeah. No, I yeah. didn't know that. I thought it was about a court case in New York City. Which is why it never made sense to me that no one understood him when he said, like, the two youths line. I was like, well, they're all New Yorkers. I'm sure it'll be explained by the film. <laughs> let's let's watch. And your wife's like, yeah, we were. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I don't think there will be any conspiracy theories. Thankfully, I don't either. this has been this was I would say the most transparent uh, uh, error right. in human history. Yeah, everybody did their best to explain what happened, which again makes that guy I don't know what that producer's name was yeah. makes him a hero that an, he could not have he he spoke clearly and yeah. decidedly had the information like. Yeah. It really just shut down all questions. And it seemed, and to go back once again to how awesome he is, he could have been like, okay, uh, well, this has not gone my way. I'm going to let someone else explain it. Hey, sure. host, why don't you come here? But he just like he realized like this is unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented. It's me very adversely. Yeah. But someone needs to explain what's happening here. Yeah. And I guess I'm the one at the mic. Um, yeah. It really. I can't applaud that guy enough. That. Yeah. That is such a difficult position to be in. They should invent an Oscar for sportsmanship <laughs> and give it to him. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah. Fair pl- That's right. <laughs> so, um, and... Uh, how many jokes? What's the over-under on how many jokes about this are made at the next Oscars? I'm going to say I, a billion. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. going to say as uh, more than there were yeah. Trump jokes tonight. They'll do, oh, no and question. Then they'll do a bunch up, t- up top, and they'll do a special like bit when they bring out the envelope. They'll have like... Like five exactly. yeah. guys, <laughs> there will be like some obvious gaffes in like sure. in in what they announce. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I predict they will have so many jokes they actually won't have a host. They'll just have <laughs> a bunch of jokes being read uh, off a off a teleprompter by like a, a sound man. Yeah. Do you think? Okay, this is what I thought. Do you think Justin Timberlake's opening was him auditioning to be a host for the Oscars? Uh, not necessarily. I but I thought I, when I was watching that, I thought that was him trying to get into people's mind like i can host this thing i couldn't quite figure out what that was until i realized that oh "Oh, that's his song that's his nominated song from trolls i didn't even realize that and i thought that was a neat way to start things yeah it's i think it was brilliant because jimmy kimmel's not he's not really a stand-up in the way that chris rock's gonna deliver right stuff like that he's also not a singer like billy crystal where he can give give you a show-stopping performance to start the show so I thought it was such a great idea to get one of those songs out of the way yeah. and do it in a way that involves everybody. And damn it, if Justin Timberlake is just is not just the perfect person to do that. I thought it was such a good choice. Everybody loves Justin Timberlake. He's magnetic. He's you. He's so watchable, mm-hmm. and he involves people. He's someone who can, to your point, like he can he can chat up Denzel. I know you know yeah, this exactly. Like. Yeah. He can do that. He has that level of confidence. I thought it was great. You know, it's interesting. So we've spoken ad nauseum on this show about what makes a good Oscar host. And Jason, this is a conversation you and I have had many times late night at Denny's. Um, And I will say that there is something, I didn't think about it until Ian, you mentioned it just now. There is something about Justin Timberlake that does fit a very specific, in my opinion, qualification, which is he is movies adjacent uh-huh. he's in movies yeah, yeah sure and he does music for movies but he does he's his own thing a hundred percent yeah like tv and Neil he's got Patrick his own harris was and and yes and billy crystal was the star sure, of yeah, movies yeah. but he also is, was do would do his own thing and he was a stand-up and i think you need somebody who does their own thing but is still involved in movies right neil patrick harris is so decidedly an actor yeah. That oh, but he's also like like he's him a and Timberlake. Guy, I, are, I feel like they're showmen. I guess because they also when sing you're and in dance. a sitcom that's on for like eight years, you're a Hollywood guy. Yeah, that's a, true. He has a Tony, doesn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm sure not saying that. I'm hey, just saying the mo- most people yeah. know him for either Doogie Howser or yeah. How I Met Your Mother. But not, there's something- not Harold and Kumar. Oh I'm yeah, say no. Yeah. Oh. There is there is something though about the way Justin Timberlake engaged that audience so casually. Yeah, and and just and made everything fun. Whereas when Neil Patrick Harris, as a host, tried to engage the audience, I didn't think it was that remarkably effective. He 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 didn't quite have the confidence. I think that's what it is. There's there's almost an element to Justin Timberlake that I don't need this. Well, here's I, the thing. I'm still Justin here's Timberlake the, because I don't I don't mean to say I don't mean to trash Neil no, Patrick Harris at all. But when he's on stage, you know, uh, on Broadway, he's in character. There is a fourth wall, and he's performing. Yeah. When Justin Timberlake is on stage, he is interacting directly with people. There's no there's no such barrier. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that is not bad. There's so I think it would be interesting. I don't know if Justin Timberlake could host the Oscars alone. I don't. But either. I think if it were like if it were him and, for example, Jimmy Fallon, because I don't think Jimmy Fallon no, could quite host the Oscars alone. You put the two of them together, they do have a chemistry between they the two of them. Do. I think they could make it work. I don't know, like yeah. uh, like a Martin and Lewis mm-hmm. or a Bob Hope and a Bing Crosby, and they have pretty. Uh, different talents. Yeah. Like Justin Timberlake isn't someone I would really trust with a monologue. True. He could probably do it. He could probably maybe. I think he could do okay, but I think you got to pair him with a lady though. With a lady? Yeah. I think so. I don't think two dudes. Also, you know, you can say like you don't think Jimmy Fallon can host it by himself, but when he's a host at Tonight Show, I think it's expected that he's good enough to host by himself. I guess right. so. I don't That's think you want to co-star. Especially, you're probably right. After Jimmy Kimmel can host by himself. Sure. Yeah, he's I like, think Fallon, I host yeah. the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's odd that they never. It's odd that they haven't asked Conan to do it yet, and they haven't, and they never asked Jay Leno to do it. Right. You Let don't know. Do you don't know if they asked them. They might have asked. They might they, have they, asked. They, him. they probably right. asked Jay Leno. That's probably true. Um, but you know, when Letterman or or is it network stuff? Because it was never on NBC, was it? I don't think so. Yeah. Who's your? Do you have anyone in mind who you would pair? What what female you would pair him with? Who would be good? Uh, Someone who else is another? You know, maybe like Anna Kendrick because she's also can sing and wow, interesting. I think she. I, she oh, is she so, the other voice in Trolls? Is that how yeah, she is. unimaginative yeah, right. I am? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Everything gets put through your they'll Trolls be, filter. They'll, they'll be promoting <laughs> Trolls too. Still trolling. Yeah. I don't know. I and look. I you can ask my wife. I love Anna Kendrick almost inappropriately, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that she has the confidence. I think she's someone more like Neil Patrick Harris. I don't know that she would have the confidence yeah. to go after people in the room on yeah. stage. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time, especially when you're going to pair somebody with someone else. It's hard to yeah. know exactly what kind of chemistry they would have, which is why I rather unimaginably You know what? Pick I Jimmy would K- like Janelle Monet. I don't know enough about her to know if she, she's got the, con- I mean, and is also she's a musician, is, right? No, but yeah. she's in Hidden Figures and Moonlight. I know. Yeah. yeah. She's quite good at both. Um, yeah. But uh, we should move on to uh, moments from the from the ceremony, and then any particular wins that we liked, or speeches that we liked, or anything like that. Okay. Um, I know we've talked about hosts. Have we talked about uh, the host, though? Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, not particularly. I think he did pretty well for the most part. It felt very throwbacky. He has that kind of throwback charm now. Yeah. Um, I just felt I was kind of 
really disappointed with the how many jokes about people's names, especially uh, uh, Maraharshi. Oh, oh Jesus, Mahershala Ali. Ali. Yeah, that it would make more sense Ironic. if I could spell his name, uh, say his name correctly. But it's like uh, it's like that. That was a well that he went to a lot, and it felt. It's uh, odd. I can't. I can't recall it. I remember. You know. When, you don't remember you know, him asking. For everybody to say it when the that I recall, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it, it struck me as strange. I don't know why he picked that, but and also right. the Matt, like they're pretending like that Sarah Silverman Matt Damon thing is like a cultural institution that we all remember. I remember it, and I, also it was bigger than just that. Like it, it, that was the I'm fucking Matt Damon thing, but then it was a re, it was a recurring bit on his show yeah, as right, well that they're enemies. Yeah, and, and I thought that actually played because any. T- well, I'll, I'll save it for when we get to my favorite moments, but there yeah. are a couple of, of those that I yeah. thought were great. I think as a host overall, I don't think there was any bit, even the, like, as as inconsequential as the candy falling from the sky and stuff is. No. Like, even again, that they did that three times. I know. Yeah. It's, but, it's, but, 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 there were no bits that I thought... Like like Neil Patrick Harris with what was it the briefcase or yeah. oh that was awful like uh, just some of those things where I'm like cringing waiting for it to yeah. be over he knows how to keep a show moving and I thought he did that really yeah I well. will say that, that I don't there know was that momentum it was, you know it wasn't a plus work I don't know if I'd go that far it's interesting that he cites David Letterman as his influence because when David Letterman hosted the Oscars he did what Jimmy Kimmel did which was I'm gonna just turn this into a long version of my show huh. and. I think that works pretty well, and I think it worked pretty well here too. I it's do too. when he's do it's when he Kimmel was doing that that I think the show worked best. Yes, um, because that's definitely when he's in his wheelhouse. Uh-huh. Um, he seemed uh, comfortable the yeah. whole time. Yeah, 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 which is which isn't a given. And like Billy Crystal, he's comfortable with uh, playing off the celebs, right? Yeah, with yeah. Yeah. which is key. Yeah, it's. Uh, I enjoyed how much Mel Gibson enjoyed his OJ joke. <laughs> yeah. How appropriate that nobody likes it except the one guy that everybody <laughs> exactly. that nobody really wants. There. He's like uh, the one celebrity who's been more shit on than me. He's like, thank God for OJ. He's like, he's like, do you have a Hitler joke? Although maybe I shouldn't uh, associate myself with that. Um, yeah, it's uh, and then somebody pointed out that uh, this is this is uh, uh, not exactly what we're talking about, but somebody mentioned that. Uh, Denzel Washington is becoming somebody good to go to in the audience, sort of the uh, uh-huh. George Clooney or Jack Nicholson, where he seems to be in good spirits for the most part, and he seems Mostly, to be yeah, except upbeat. when he is looking angry and dour. Yeah, that can be a problem. Like yeah. Clooney and 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 uh, Nicholson always seem to be in, in good yeah. spirits, whereas like Denzel Washington Denzel Washington does have a very serious face, but when he, he smiles, like damn right, yeah, I'm in a good mood now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, so. Yeah, uh, speaking about specific bits uh, that we liked or specific jokes, I did enjoy. Speaking of the food falling from the sky, when he's talking with that kid from Lion, that oh, was pretty oh, yeah, damn was adorable. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I liked that, and then, uh, and then I unfortunately I was uh, uh, escorting somebody to their car during the uh, the celebrity tween tweet tweets tweets. So many of them. Was that funny? Did that go well? Uh, I don't know. It was. I I think that bit is weird because you never it feels like the celebrities are put in a place where they don't know how to react and they don't feel like they can respond right i feel like they should be responding and when they do respond it's great Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, when natalie portman responded 
I don't like it that sometimes they laugh at it because then it, it then it is like the feeding of the trolls that when they mm. when they joke about it, then some dummy on the internet. Uh, right, it kind won. of inspires them to. Oh, let me see if I can get a super clever dig at a yeah. celebrity and so maybe make it on this. Yeah, I the the only the only part I didn't like is that they weren't that particularly mean. They were much yeah, funnier. Yeah, you can find yeah, much meaner were, tweets oh, about yeah. Casey Affleck these days. <laughs> yeah, let's, exactly. uh, let's fucking go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the Jessica Chastain one I thought was pretty good. That was, I Someone's going to white balance their television looking at Jessica Chastain's chest. <laughs> uh, and then I think you told me about the Miles Teller one, the which I don't recall. Uh, what's the name of the, oh, the name my, of He song? looks like a guy who request Gangnam Style in a in wedding. a wedding where he knows <laughs> neither the bride nor the groom. <laughs> and I think he went, that's about right. Um, but uh, I did, I will say this, like you talked about the Neil Patrick Harris like briefcase thing, which they committed to and kept coming back to and it was just, uh, it was going to be a big whiff and we all knew it and he knew it. And it's just like, ah, we just got to keep coming back to this thing. The tour bus which thankfully they did not draw it out all night long. Yeah, it was. Two they segments. they came to on the third time. That's when they've right, come into. Th- that's when yeah. they come into the theater, and uh, it might have gone on about one minute too long, or maybe thirty seconds too long. But when it's working, <laughs> it was working, and I thought it was very delightful. I loved it. Um, I loved it to pieces. Ian, your thoughts. Uh... <laughs> Our house curmudgeon, as David once no, referred yeah, to. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. Of, of curmudgeon. I always feel weird when you guys say that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's just. Am I that curmudgeonly? Uh, yes. In, in I, have high, I have high expectations. <laughs> I like to. I don't deny that. And when those are met, I'm thrilled. Okay. Let's there we go. let's not let's not. There we go. You know, I can't think of anything mis- a curmudgeon would say more in defense of themselves <laughs> than that they have high expectations. I have high standards. Sue me. That's that's fair. You're not exactly Mr. Wilson, though. I'll say that. It's okay. I. It was it was surreal in the fact that. I don't know if those people knew quite go- exactly what was going on. I'm I'm not sure if they still know what was going on. It is so weird. It's got to be um, pretty surreal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but luckily, and I don't know how much planned this. I don't know who's doing a Hollywood tour on a Sunday night during the Oscars. First of all, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it'd be shut down for the most yeah, part. Yeah. So I feel how. And but they knows. may have. I mean, they could have gotten on at any point. You know, east of that, the Oscars, sure, and they would be be fine. And um, they did luck out, I suppose, with their lead dude, who's yeah. who's going to be the new Ken Bone. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I love the moment when his it was his yeah. wife or fiance. his fiance. Yeah. And he and said, like, who's your favorite actor? And then she just like sees Denzel yeah. and just says that man right there. And I just thought, like, whether that's actually true or not, there's just something wonderful about that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, she yeah. didn't say I'm a big fan of Cary Grant. You know, she didn't say like, that. Well, he's, it's, not, he's not here. It's somebody that that was in the area. Yeah. Right. So the big fear with that bit is that because and and you, for a half a second I thought oh shit it's happening which is like look at all the fucking tourists with their yeah. phones out yeah. house and then it's just mock the tourist you yeah. know hour but instead because of that couple and even because of like a couple other people like 
um, the Asian girl was who was a newlywed was so excited. Yeah, their excitement and this and the the celebrity's response to them. Yeah, playing along, Denzel getting up and yeah. going over to them. It was. I thought it was the perfect blend, and it was able to strike a really nice note. Mahershala Ali being perfectly fine with handing the Oscar to the guy, taking the guy's yeah. phone, and now he's the one responsible for the selfie. I thought was exactly. Delightful. It feels almost like that that front guy Gary worked out. Isn't it Gary? Gary yeah. worked out so well. It's like he must have been cast right. That ha- it's it's too perfect. Or they could have had like a dozen buses that they were kind of looking for people. Sure. You know, stuff like that. I mean, he's wearing a, ho- a Hollywood sweatshirt it's and true, all that. Right. I don't so, know. come on. You don't do background checks if you're going to put them next That's to all true. these. Yeah. yeah they could have gone back. Like, somebody, <laughs> yeah. somebody yells out, you know, Allahu Akbar or something like that. Or, uh, well, I was thinking someone would just, like, give Ryan Gosling their, their screenplay or something. Oh, my like gosh. That. Oh, I would love <laughs> that. In ways, that actually would be more offensive, I think. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think I love that bit because... Because everybody played along. And because yeah. everybody, it didn't seem to be uh, pandering in a way that it easily could have been. It could have been like, let's, la- let's, <laughs> how about this room full of millionaires laugh at the rubes that have the audacity to like us? Right. Yeah. Uh, it could be that, it could have been that, but it wasn't. Right. Um, so yeah, that so was. That was, a, that was a, a risk that paid off. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other, like, that, there weren't that many, you and I were commenting on this, there weren't that many bits uh-huh. you know there was that one and then there was like the candy bit which never took which they returned to but it never seemed to take that long no um but uh and then i guess there's the mean tweets were there any beyond that that i'm re- no the forgetting? the thing um for like produce things was this inspiration thing which i actually thought was nice i like that a lot um the weird thing is i think yeah, i thought that was good that took the place of when people come out and speak about the best pictures and give each best picture its own time they didn't do that this year i don't know if they do that every year but it seems like they do it a lot and it did not happen that. this year they didn't have uh, someone come out and talk about here's how right. great arrival yeah. is but did you notice that when they when they did the award they gave each best picture like yeah. a solid twenty <clears throat> oh, seconds. Oh, sure. You give them. You so give I think they give, they kind of made up that time there. Yeah, because usually when they do in past ceremonies, when they've had somebody come out and talk about it, the individual best pictures at the end, it's like, well, we've already seen all these clips, so now we're just going to say the titles and present. So like, mm-hmm. whereas this, the it was an actual clip package and all that. But yeah, the inspiration thing I liked quite a bit. I thought I thought it worked out really well. I was kind of well. hoping there would be like one or two more. It seems like there should have been, but I guess but the only other bit was Jimmy <clears throat> Kimmel watching we we bought, bought a zoo. Yeah, and then boy, I think maybe the funniest thing is Matt Damon being played off of being a presenter. <laughs> oh, sure. First, the fact that the Oscar announcer <laughs> yeah. announced it as Ben Affleck <laughs> and guest. <laughs> That that was in court. That is a, a a whole nother level of yeah of invention. I I thought that was that was one of my favorite moments of the entire night. Yeah, it was pretty funny and and just uh, and man, Matt Damon like just playing like the incredulity. And I do like that it's. You know, jokes in the Oscars tend not to be very subtle, but the idea that Ben Affleck is talking and then Matt Damon is talking and the music is very, is very quietly coming up. Then it's back to Ben Affleck, no music. Right. Then it comes back and the music comes back and so, and he has this moment of like, wait a second. It's such a marvelous, it is a really nice, it's a well-conceived joke. And again, 
not to just uh, you know pat millionaires on the back, but there there are a lot of actors who would not be able to be okay with that. Right. Anne Hathaway doesn't let that joke happen with her. I just former host Anne Hathaway. Isn't that crazy to think? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah and James with James Franco. Yeah. But like there are just some actors, and you can even tell when they when they present. They're just not quite comfortable with the whole setup. Yeah. You know, they're just not comfortable in that way. Yeah. Um, and Matt Damon is that rare kind of breed who has a fantastic sense of humor, even when it's about himself. Yeah. And just, uh, and just, yeah, uh, I, I did like, um, <laughs> it's almost as though Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon have, they've been doing that bit for so long that they both know the beats to play. Right. And just, and Matt Damon having a very, even in the audience, just having a very specific type of angry face and just like. And tripping him. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I enjoyed that, that, that whole uh, bit, even, even if it was super predictable, but I yeah. liked it a lot. The only one I thought maybe you didn't need because it involves so many more people is now I can't wait to watch Matt Damon lose an Oscar. Yeah. For best picture. It's like, yeah. all right, maybe, maybe. <laughs> It's not just Matt Damon losing. I like that one because that one felt really? genuinely, genuinely mean. Oh, <laughs> the only one. When it got that that mean, it was uh-huh. like then I like it. Um, but then that's the thing is like then what if Manchester by the Sea won? And then Matt Damon's like, okay, I've got a couple options here. I can either actually give a, an award speech, or I can just turn this into the ultimate topper of the bit, and then we're right. done forever. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you'd have to be really respectful and all that. But sure. at the same time, like that speaks to the narrative that you're talking about. We all knew Manchester by the Sea was not going to win Best Picture. Right. Yeah, sure. So much so that 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 was a it was a punchline that worked. Yeah. You know? Do he you, didn't say it about you, the, the producer of La La Land. Tyler, do you still feel like... <laughs> I don't know if you ever felt this way, but do like you feel the, do you feel there should be 10 best picture noms? Um, I don't think I ever f- was total. I'm, I'm fine with it, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, including me are just like, okay, we've got nine, you know, up to 10 best picture nominees. We all know the real five cause they're up for exactly, best director that's as the well. Thing. Yeah. Um, not, it just feels like yeah. more losers. I mean, mathematically, yeah, that's how it is. It just feels like more losers. Yeah, it's it's very rare. I mean, Argo won Best Picture and was not nominated for Director, but that was so so, so was, that's so rare that yeah, people yeah. took note of it. Um, but yeah, by and large, it's it's. I think that's how people think of it. So you might as well just take it back down to five, especially since. The whole idea was, oh, this will give us an opportunity to like nominate stuff that people saw, and then they just don't do that. Yeah. Well, Hidden Figures doesn't get nominated. That's, uh, Hidden maybe. Figures, mm-hmm. Lion. What else? Um, do you think Hacksaw Ridge? Uh, oh, yeah. maybe. Ah, I that, don't know. That got so much more. Uh, yeah. Ex- I, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be nominated for anything, except maybe like sound editing. Right. Then for it to get actor and director, I wasn't expecting any of that. Was, uh, I could be misremembering. Um, well, here, let me just consult my sheet. Okay. Okay, Lonergan was nominated for Manchester by the Sea. I could, yeah. I could yeah, easily have seen him not be nominated. Um, but, you know, you don't get Hell or High Water. You don't get Fences. You don't, right. You know, I think you'd still have Fences. Uh, not nominated for Best Director. So if it's the Best no, Director. I'm talking about the ten, 10 nominees for Best Picture. The fact that it's gone from 5 to 10. I know, but I'm saying if you drop it back down to five, Fences is not in there. 
Yeah, because it's not. I don't think it would have made best. the five. It's not one of your five that also has the director nomination. Yeah, all right. So I think it is a it is a way for things like that that you can have. Okay, it's going to get a lot of acting awards, maybe some screenplay, and it's good enough to be best picture. Yeah, and so it's kind of it's you're right in the sense that there's really no way we ex- we think that Fences is going to win. There's no way in hell. That it wins, that anyone bets on it to win Best Picture. But it's kind of like saying, hey, there are more deserving films. There's, I don't know. I'm a, I've grown to be okay with it. I somehow. think I'm okay with it in the sense that I, in, in, a, in a class I was taking recently, we were talking about the Oscars and that, like, what are the, given how much we all complain about them, and like what won instead of what should have won and all that sort of thing and how much politics there is and how, how, how it so often doesn't boil down to what actually deserved it and all this other stuff. Um, you know, are they, are they a good thing? Are they, you know, what purpose do they serve? And something that I said is like, it's, it's one of the only things we can use beyond box office as some kind of criteria for the quality of a movie. We can say like, Someone somewhere within the industry considered this the best movie of the year or one of the five or then one of the ten. And the Oscars always improve a movie's box office, which means, you know, uh, in in my on my Facebook feed, like I'm part of a number of groups that are like more than one lesson. You know, there's popcorn theology, real world theology, people that, you know, Christians that, that like movies, but by and large, they're not seeing anything. No, I'm not talking about the hosts. I'm talking about just the people that are part of the groups. They're not really that into darker movies, slower uh-huh. movies, Moonlight, stuff like that. Um, but they'll go see all the Best Picture nominees because they just feel like, oh, okay, these are apparently really good, so we'll go see them. Yeah. And so they go see movies that they might not otherwise. So a movie like, you know, Winter's Bone or Beast of the Southern Wild uh-huh. or stuff like that, that probably gets a little 10 to 15 million dollar boost yes there's the money but it also that means that's that many more people that saw it that wouldn't have otherwise which Uh is exciting for me as someone who wants people to see good movies right so just from a functionality standpoint i'm fine with more movies being nominated for picture yeah just to call myself out on my own hypocrisy uh if people rewind this podcast they'll listen to me talk about how great it is that the academy awards uh spotlights these films um, because it allows more people to see it, but, um, and it gives it more exposure, stuff like Moonlight. And I, I suppose with 10, even though it was originally, people called it the Dark Knight rule, and it was originally yeah. created to add in more, um, I don't know, bigger films yeah. that maybe get looked over in, f- in favor of smaller films, it, it does allow for um, smaller things to sneak in there i don't know yeah i think so yeah and what it does just help illustrate is something we all talk about every year which is that there are so many more deserving movies than there are nominations to exactly i mean there's so i mean i i still think it's crazy that silence only got one with you i'm right there it was it, it it's it i think it's a film that and and strangely, given the fact that Smart Scorsese film could have used that exposure that yeah. the Academy Awards yeah. um, can provide, because I think it's such an amazing and also challenging film. Um, you know, again, a film that I keep plugging because I think it got forgotten is Cresha. I think you know that's yep. another uh, film 
Um, I didn't so, yeah, think the movies. Indie Spirits really nominated it for much. It was no. the the way I heard about it is because it was nominated for the John Cassavetes Award I think right. last year. What? Um, oh, okay, um, man, it's it just it's, it's a it's a powerful it's an amazing film. movie, and, yeah. it's, and it's weird. Um, both it and Moonlight, I think, represent what Cassavetes did. There's a bit on the Criterion uh, YouTube channel where Barry Jenkins is going through this big closet that the Criterion uh, company has where mm. you can just pick out any DVD or Blu-ray you want. It's got his whole catalog, and which seems uh, uh, an, an envious position to be in. And Barry Jenkins you know, pulls out that Cassavetes 5 uh you know, five uh, disc set yeah. that that Tyler has, and he says like, "There's a whole film class in here," and and it made me realize the Cassavetes' influence on Moonlight, yeah. and why it's so special because Cassavetes never made uh, a movie about a young black man figuring out his sexuality. That's not a criticism; it just is what it is, and that's why Moonlight is so important to yeah. to to film and to tell a story the way Cassavetes did in that human way and about yeah. that subject. Which speaks to actually some one of the things to go back to what I was saying earlier, something that bothered me that a conservative commentator said recently in which, as he was praising Moonlight. He was saying like, wonderful acting, solid writing, just a really interesting film. But he was he was sort of knocking it or rather maybe even knocking the Academy more so, more so than the film itself. But he just said like, you know, who is this film for, you know? And she's like, it's for whoever wants to yeah, see I it. I think, but and it's like, it's, yeah. and this is where, this is where I genuinely think that the conservative mindset where it's very much about like free market economics and the market, like, well, we know that a business or something is successful because everyone went to everyone's buying the product or whatever it is like that's not how art works you know yeah I, like it's it can be exciting it's a longer timeline yeah also it, if you like the movie then it was for you it worked for you right Why are you complaining well but part i think like part of what art is more about than like purely like do you like this watch do you want to buy this watch to talk, to talk about an Oscar commercial yeah. that we saw a bunch oh, of times boy. tonight. Like, do you want this watch? Yes or no. It's like a movie can be discovered <coughs> and you might not think you're going to like it. And then you see it and then you might, it's, it's, there's a little bit more of a sense of discovery with art yeah. than there is about a product. Yeah. And just not everything, you know, not everything needs to be for everybody. Not everything needs to be about everybody. Something can be, uh, what's interesting is some, some movies can be about somebody very specific and in, and can in that moment be for anybody who want, who could be affected by it. Yeah. Which could a, be everybody. Exactly. Yeah. There's moonlight is, is another example of something that we don't think of quite often um, when telling stories is that there is a universality universality mm -hmm. in specificity Yeah, that it's such it's, I mean, people talk about um, it being all black cast talk about how it takes place all in Liberty city, Miami. Um, it, it, it never strays from that one area. Yeah. Um, talk about, you know, and it, and and the the way it uses that area and the beach um, is is wonderful, and and the Cuban influence at the end, um, it it's so specific to a certain place, um, in and to that um, the other guy, not Barry Jenkins, but the guy who originally did it as like it's based you know a lot on his life, um, 
But because it's, you know, told in that way, uh, such a humanistic way, um, I think anyone can find anything in it. And that's the great, that's the great thing. Uh, you know, now we're getting to what the Academy Award sounds like. That's the great thing about movies. But, you know, yeah. as hokey and as hokey as that can sound, it there is something true about the, um, the empathy, a certain type of, uh, storytelling that film does and can can do so well and certainly moonlight does where you know all that you can tell a specific story but when it's told you know as beautifully as that yeah fit i think it works for everyone anyone who who's willing to come in with an, an uh who's willing to come in with an open mind and an open heart i suppose oh nice you know now here's something fascinating <clears throat> i just got this article today from the new york times um, First of all, everything they print is fake news. <laughs> Let me just say that it had, and I am not. They are not allowed in the BP press screenings, um, not anymore. Okay, first off, we don't run those screenings. We attend them. That's not nope. the same. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. We walk in the room and we fucking take over. Oh, yeah, we and all you, know that. I mean, you own it. Yeah, it is basically our screening. And I and we say, are allowing other people in, <laughs> but you know. You don't have the authority to do that. Not yet, anyway. Not technically. Right. I mean, who's going to stop you? <laughs> you? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes. Um, and it had a, a, a very interesting graph for each Best Picture nominee in terms of where they were receiving the most support. Mm -hmm. And, of course, for Moonlight, it's mostly south. And then it's... Oh, do you mean where, like, geographically? Yeah, geographically. Yeah. So it's got a map of the, the United States. The Oddly enough... The whiter it is, the less support, and the darker it is, the more I guess blue. What do you mean support? Like like box office? Or? I think box office, and I, I can't remember all the metrics that. So you're not talking about like vote. I guess you don't know, but yeah, like not Academy like votes Oscar or, votes. Yeah. No, like concentration of people uh, talking about it, and I think going oh, to see it. Okay. So a lot of it is for Moonlight, like in the South, mm -hmm. like Florida, and then up into Georgia, things like that. Sure, Even sure. up into the Carolinas. And then a little bit in like, you know, California and then up in the East Coast. Yeah. Something like La La Land, shockingly, uh, a state you might not think of as as being super uh, in love with La La Land, Utah, almost dark Isn't blue. she, isn't, wait, isn't, isn't uh, Mia? No, Emma she's from, from New Utah? Mexico. Okay, that's close. Or no, Nevada, sorry. Nevada. That's close, you know. <laughs> but like. <laughs> I think there's a lot of. Ladies in Utah who are, see her see themselves in Emma Stone's character. That's a that's a. I'm sure there are, but for the entire, I mean, and it breaks it down. Like you can see like yeah. little like pockets of states being different. I would love different to colors. check that out. It was fascinating. Arrival, same thing. Like you had actually a lot of the Midwest where you wouldn't think would be enamored with this story of science yeah you know are actually really in support of it manchester by the sea no shock there it's, it's the all, entire fucking east and we, coast and we say, say this jason and i talked about this a little over twitter but it cannot be stated enough manchester by the sea wonderful film yeah uh i, I was blown away by it but i could not help but notice that there is bruins paraphernalia throughout the film sure there is red Sox. i believe he's watching right. a red Sox. he's watching a celtics game yeah. there's nothing patriots in that right. entire movie because they probably couldn't get the rights because they're the winningest team yeah of, of those the nfl is notorious for yeah. being like that whereas I, in real life if like 
uh, uh, Lee Chandler was about starting fights, he would just talk about Deflate Gate and would right. be getting punched in the face. Yeah, like that's. I mean, I don't know that Lee mind. Chandler is really taking a deep dive into Deflate Gate like I am. Can we have? I mean, a, well, if he wants for, to get is into it time, fights, yeah, is he'd be like, I know fucking bulls uh, segment. No, uh, anyway. I think I'm going to have to uh, veto that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did notice that. Now, oddly enough, my wife, I brought that up to her because she's from uh, Boston. Uh, she said, oh, you know, not every place there because Bruins, Red Sox, especially Celtics, especially are so much more entrenched. They have so many more decades of yeah. support than the Patriots, which is really your last 15, 20 yeah, years. True. You could understand that a little bit more. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's because they couldn't get the rights and the NFL was playing hardball. It's astonishing how much I don't notice that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Just it would. Now that you mention it, of course, it occurs to me. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I, people would be huge Patriots fans. But sure. just in the moment, it, I don't yeah. even think about but it. But there are plenty of families that are they're a hockey family. Yeah. And in that area, you could be a hockey family first and foremost. Yeah. And that's fine. And when you're talking about the Bruins, you're talking about the UCLA Bruins, which I am apparently one. Obviously right? not. Oh, no, we're talking about hockey. <laughs> you're not used to someone who's not David talking about hockey. That's true. Yes, I, I was under got... the impression there was a lone hockey fan <laughs> no. uh, with uh, with uh, Jim Roner occasionally dabbling in it as well. Um, but uh, and let's actually let's uh, pivot to Manchester by the Sea because I will say in there were about twelve people in the room uh, when uh, at our little Oscar party and uh, there was audible excitement that uh, Casey Affleck won Best Actor. Some from me, uh, me yep. as well. Um, and I was, I was very happy that, uh, Kenneth Lonergan won best screenplay. That was really great. And I really liked his, uh, his speech as well. But, um, but yeah, Casey Affleck, it really was going to be, it was really between him and Denzel Washington. Yeah. And it was looking like the, it was starting to head towards, uh, Denzel Washington's way, but then, then it was, uh, Casey Affleck and I was, I was excited for that. Um, cause I do love his, and just even in that clip, I'm like, shit, I got to watch Manchester by the sea again. I mean, it just, is. I love that movie, but it's a weird movie to want to watch again because it is, yeah, a gut punch. I, I've seen it twice, and it's actually because it you wanted to see if there was any Patriot stuff. Yeah, I was like, like, I was like maybe there's, even in the background, maybe there's an errant logo somewhere. <laughs> is someone, no one has an Edelman jersey, just walking. <laughs> I want to see if anyone was named Tommy. <laughs> Touchdown, Tommy. <laughs> Um, no, my wife hadn't seen it and I wanted okay. to take there her to see go. it, especially cause she's from the area. Um, and of course she loved it. Um, but it's actually, it's more harrowing the second time uh, because you know that the gut wrenching stuff, especially the big reveal that's, yeah. Yeah. that's coming, but it's also funnier the second time. I that thought is, it was funny the first time that yeah, yeah. that dinner scene with the mom, people were cracking up. In the it is such, I, I mean, I was the first screening I went to was with, with Kenneth Lonergan. He did a Q&A. And so it was a very generous crowd. And there sure. was tons of laughter. But, I mean, second time, I think even more. That is a funny fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's the ability of that movie. It is such a deserving screenplay winner. Because yeah. I think he's a very capable and good director. But it's his writing that is sure. central to all of his films. For it to be able to, to pivot back and forth between that much gut-wrenching not only sincerity but tragedy and grief and also humor is is an astonishing achievement and also it's i don't know if how many people are aware of this but it is a great comeback story because its last film margaret yeah. got 
really uh, messed with. Like he had a horrible time with um, the studio with it, and he it seemed like he was not going to make a movie again. So just when I learned that he was going to make another movie, I was excited because I love all three of his movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, here. Uh, and so the fact that he went from a movie that was buried, and by the way, uh, folks listening, if you have not seen Margaret, it is one of the best movies of the past 10 years. Like it is a masterpiece and it's, uh, uh, like that's a movie that, that I think people deserve to discover and, and return to every once in a while, because I think it's a well, just a well-written movie that touches on so many topics while being so focused at the same time. So the fact that he went from a film that I think was, uh, we know was buried. We know Fox yeah. Searchlight buried it. Um, to now accepting an Oscar. Yeah. I, I, it, 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 like that is, that is a great story. And it's so interesting considering that Margaret, if it had been properly oh, taken yeah. care of by the studio, could have been nominated for a bunch of Oscars sure. itself. Yeah. Actress supporting Anna any Pac-Man number of things. is amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Um, you know, you, you can count on me, got a little bit of uh, support as well for screenplay and yeah. actress. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, uh, it's a marvelous film. And, and Casey Affleck really is uh, astonishing. Which now brings me to the other thing that bothers me. All right. His beard. Uh, yeah, get, shave it. I don't shave, like get, it. Get a trimmer. You can afford it now. Talk to him. I kind of wish that it. Oscar opened up to a beard trimmer. It's like they gave him a special one. And <laughs> Who knows? Like, it doesn't. Uh, exactly. We don't know what happened behind that. Whatever. Uh, okay. So on Facebook earlier today, uh, somebody I know, I won't say who it is, but. Um, Was it Ian? Uh, I'd never use Facebook. So no. All right. It, which is weird because it was Ian. <laughs> uh, this was a post someone, from like three years someone ago. Someone hacked into my account. <laughs> uh, but the person was going through saying like who they thought would would win and then who they thought should win. Right. Uh, and then the person said for best actor, they said they thought Denzel Washington would win. And then they saw they thought uh, Casey Affleck should win. What? And then in, everyone else would probably write the opposite. That. Oh no! I was a I was a Casey Affleck should win. Yeah, absolutely. no, but but anyone absolutely. who's doing that would win should win. Mm-hmm. I would think they would be doing it with with Denzel Washington winning the SAG Award. Like it, it really made it more competitive. But the point is, so he said should win Casey Affleck, and then in parentheses he wrote like you know something like but he's an asshole. Hmm. Uh, on Twitter, I said. And people can look this up, and so I'm sorry. I don't mean to throw this guy under the bus. He's a super great guy, and he's been on the show before. But um, I wrote, you know, I'm happy about Casey Affleck. And then he said, you know, I'm not. He's an asshole and blah, 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 because of – I don't I don't even completely – and we've talked about it on the show before that, like, you know, when somebody has been, you know, uh, abusive verbally and maybe uh-huh. even otherwise to, to other people, then obviously that's not a thing you want to support. Um, but, you know, so – a few so like one guy said i think he should win but he's an asshole it's like, and then the other guy said oh he just won i'm not happy about that because he did this terrible thing <sighs> i get it uh-huh. but the award is not best person no it is best actor for this particular performance and look and I, and david and i have talked about it before like there are times where it's like oh i don't want good things to happen for somebody that acts like this especially if they're if they are misbehaving on set. So it's just like, okay, well now they're going to be rewarded for doing this very specifically. But at the same time, it's just like, 
especially if you th- if you're someone who said like he should win best actor, but he's an asshole. It's like you just said he should win something. But I I, I will say I sort of uh, that's an inartful way saying like he should win, but he's not as an asshole is an inartful way to do something, which I think is important where we talk about, you know, when I, when I praise a movie like Moonlight for being, uh, telling a story, um, and, and shedding light on a community that's not often seen, um, you know, I'm being, you know, to use a, a word that Tyler likes to use, like metatextual at times mm-hmm. where I'm, 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 uh, taking into account the outside world and the state sure. of the world. It, it is important to, I think, to take into account these other things, um, at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky balance because, because I, I've struggled with that no. duality myself, like to give people a peek behind the curtain for the longest and like, who knows if this means anything for the longest time I had trouble putting Casey Affleck for best actor on the BPs yeah. for my choices for a while. It was actually was Lucas Hedges. Cause I don't think that's a supporting performance. Mm. I think that is a lead performance. Um, because I was like, oh, and then eventually that's true. But it's like he's 30 so, minutes. Uh, uh, but but one, I get you. one it is I was like, uh, you know, does me not putting him on the BP's ballot? Does that move the needle in any direction at all? <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Um, and so eventually I relented. I don't think that made the world a, a better or worse place for it. by doing so. I don't feel I necessarily. um compromise any of my own uh convictions by doing so but it it is something where you're just like it does feel shitty as great as it felt to see kenneth longergan be rewarded after going through a horrible experience uh you know and put put him you know made him the underdog i don't know there is something that feels kind of Mm, like like a like a like a hollow not a hollow victory that's too strong like a dented victory when when someone is when you know like eh, this dude's a it's, jerk or was a jerk that's the thing like we don't know yeah we, we never can take an account because we don't we're not privy to everything how much people change that being said we shouldn't also give people the benefit of the doubt when they haven't proven otherwise um so I don't know. It's tough because, you know, obviously you can't remove that stuff from your mind. Like nobody can, nobody lives in a vacuum. Um, you know, and like I said, David and I have talked about, we talked about this with, you know, birth of a nation and Nate yeah. Parker and that kind of thing. And it is difficult to take that stuff out. But I will say that, you know, um, an argument that I get in on the other side is you get a lot of Christians and sometimes you get conservatives who say like, I don't want to see such and such a movie because I don't support the person that made it. And Mm -hmm. whether it be financially or just, or uh, philosophically, I don't want to support them regardless of what they're trying to do with the film. Yeah. Um, or regardless of how good the film or how effective the film might be, they bring all this other stuff to it because of something the person said or something they believe or something they've done in the past. And I, and I totally, and I get that, but yeah. at the same time, part of me is like, but when it comes right down to it, and maybe I'm, maybe this is a little idealistic on my part, that when it comes right down to it, Woody Allen's films are going to outlast him. Roman Polanski's films are going to outlast him. And that does not excuse what they have done. Yeah. But, and Casey Affleck's performance in Manchester by the Sea is going to outlast him. Uh, and in the end, that's... 
that's what we have to go on. I, I, I kind of struggle with these two things. One is a very idealistic um, uh, thought that, well, we know that flawed people can create works that are greater than them yeah. and that can create uh, more empathy, more uh, intellectual discussion, debate, rigor in, in, in the world than, than, um, than there would be otherwise and are so worthwhile and is why we have narrative and art and all that stuff. Um, all the, all that stuff. Hi, welcome to the Bob Fosse podcast. Uh, and, and at the same time, and all that art <laughs> at the same time. Well, actually when we talk about a flawed person making great stuff, actually Bob Fosse is another example yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, are we remembering people, lionizing people, um, past, uh, and 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 forgetting about things because they create because they've created something and it, and and I and I feel I I I I want to be idealistic at the same time I don't want to just have my head in the clouds and look away from very real um, events uh, and then at the same time I understand we never see the whole picture nor are we do the whole picture yeah let me, so let me see if I can describe my feelings on this. Because I completely hear what you're saying, and I, to some degree, it's it's a very understandable position to take, especially with something. You know, I mean, like there's plenty of things in in sports where we find out the athlete has behaved a certain way mm-hmm. toward either their children or toward women, and we really take steps to remove them from the team, from the the league, all of that. And some of that is appropriate punishment. But that's something a little bit more official. I guess I I think it's important to be able to hold both of the things together and say, this person is capable of creating great art, tremendous art that creates incredible empathy, um, that moves people. And also, this person is capable of really despicable things and both are true it can't it can't simply be i think we lose either way yeah if we say this person has created good movies but they've done really terrible things so the bad outweighs the good therefore they're gone but if they had just created something a little bit better then the art would have the empathy right. they generate would have outweighed the bad I don't think it's right to get... There's no grace at that. There's no grace in in trying to balance the good they've done versus the bad they've done. The only... The, the truest thing we can do is to acknowledge... There are so, I mean, how many broken marriages do you think there are in Hollywood? How many drug addictions, alcohol addictions, addictions of any kind? Are you just talking about in this room? Right yeah, just, in this, just in this room. Basically in the two people I'm looking at. Because over here is white as snow. Um, Jon Snow, that is. Oh is this a TV podcast? It can be. All right. Uh, but no, but, you know, there is, there's, I mean, if you listen to the wonderful podcast that I'm now forgetting the name of. You must remember this. You must remember oh, this. Oh, that's great. You hear Ironically of, named, given the fact that you forgot it. I mean, <laughs> talk about a pod, I, I have to take breaks listening to that podcast. Yeah, it can get, it can get rough. It can be yeah. so depressing to hear of the just general human despair and brokenness that generates some incredible art. Yeah, yeah. 
And so it's really important, I think, to hold both things and go, you know what? Casey Affleck just might be an asshole. And yet, even an asshole might be capable of something really wonderful. That is much better than saying, he's an asshole, but the bad outweighs the good, so the asshole doesn't matter. Yeah. They or, both matter. Yeah. Right? And I think such a, a big part of just public discourse more and more needs um, to embrace the complexity as opposed to finding the sure, side yeah. and then arguing the side. Actually, it takes yeah. me to another Best Picture winner, which is O.J. Made in America, mm-hmm. which um, tries to uh, look at all these sides, and I think you see it in his uh, Ezra Edelman's acceptance speech where he dedicates the award to um, uh, Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman, but mm-hmm. also mentions the, uh, the victims of police violence, which is another narrative throughout yeah. the movie yeah. or two thirds of the movie. Um, uh, it's, it's even weird to call it a movie, but it is a movie. One, yeah. and one more. Best documentary. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm sure we'll get thing pieces with people uh, saying uh, Edelman disparaged the uh, memories of Goldman and Brown by mentioning uh uh, police brutality at the same time. Um, but if you watch that movie, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you see wh- why both those um, factors are Absolutely. so uh, have to be mentioned. Yeah. It's a film that does not compartmentalize. Exactly. Which is, which is a thing that, which is ultimately what we are talking about doing is yeah. we compartmentalize somebody's behavior in this case, yeah, like KCF, yeah. like their behavior as opposed to their artistic contribution. And we eventually we have to say like, okay, which one do I weigh more? Right. Uh, Jason, there's something that uh, the pastor of our church says regularly. I won't say in regards to what, cause this is not a Christian podcast, but he often talks about living in, in t- intention, mm-hmm. just that like, it's so easy, it, it not easy. It can be very difficult, but like it's, it's philosophically easy to pick a side and just say, this is the side I'm always going to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in fact, no, sometimes, not even sometimes, most of the time you're going to need to try to embrace complexity, embrace nuance and embrace that tension and just be there. And it sucks because it means you might have to defend something to someone, defend something to the other, defend the opposite to the other person. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, see both of their points and not judge either one. Right. You feel, you often feel caught in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I understand, I totally understand why someone would feel caught in the middle with kind of the reports about about Casey Affleck. Yeah. Um, so it's it's so a lot of people, you know, on Twitter have have been and and on Facebook when talking about him winning for this film, um, even if they think he should win, they they incorporate this other element. And while I naturally am just like, oh, just let it be about this other thing. The fact is, yes, we don't live in a vacuum, and right. and especially I would say especially if the nature of his behavior that people don't like is how he's behaving on set, then it's just like, okay, well now we're just, we're telling him that whatever you got to do for your process is fine. Mm -hmm. Here's an award. Um, then yeah, it could be, that could be particularly, uh, troublesome. Yeah. But, uh, but it was something I I wanted to, uh, wanted to address on this uh, episode. Um, now where, okay. Uh, I can't think of anything else. I particularly want to, Whoa, you're not talking about the biggest upset of the night. You're talking about the, best, uh, well, what are you talking about? We're talking about Suicide Squad <laughs> beating Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Like, I know you're not. Suicide Squad, listen, which is a film I liked more than others, although I 
won't deny it is plenty of flaws, um, is not undeserving of renown for its makeup work. It is true. But yeah, yeah. But Star Trek Beyond and the fact that makeup work is so important for a character in that film, uh, I don't. It it is part of the story and works as a part of the story. I don't know how, how that how the especially because those awards are just voted on by that community. I don't know why the, why start, why it give it to Star like Trek. The, I see. I would disagree. I think there are more singular creations in suicide squad because there are such distinct characters. I say such distinct, not in the sense that they are developed merely in the sense sense that they are distinct. You know what? Here's what I'll, 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 I'll I've seen both films. I think of the primary. Well, I guess they're. I think of Id, Idris Elba's character in right. in Star Trek, and then I think of Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. Idris Elba's character. I hate to say it. It's a great makeup job, but it is also like an appliance has been put on his head and then uh, seamlessly blended. Whereas Killer Croc, it really does just seem to me like that is his skin. Uh, yeah. It is a re- it is a very good makeup job. Now I, I don't feel particularly qualified to talk about makeup. Uh, I don't yeah. know what is more what is harder to do and what isn't. Uh, but I think I'm, there's I'm also a sense it. of there's more of a sense of the iconic with Suicide Squad. I suppose, yeah. That's Again, true. completely apart from how well or poorly it's executed. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that probably. And I think is you can't true. you can't discount Joker and Harley Quinn. From that, that's that true. Conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Killer Croc is the first one. First place my mind goes, partially because I, this may sound small, uh, like a small point, but like his skin felt like it had actual texture to it. Yeah, and it felt, it looked. I say felt. I didn't feel it. Right. But even in describing it, emotionally, you may have. I felt a lot of things oh, emotionally sure. as I was watching oh, that film. Because Killer Croc was so well developed. Yeah. Well, it just, that was the only thing that was developed about him is just like, it really seemed like I could touch that and it would have full on texture. It would not feel like latex. It would feel scaly like skin. Um, and that was, uh, I don't know. So that's something that really struck me about that character. It makes me wish that they had uh, developed him at all. Um, boy, that movie's a mess. But you know what? Viola Davis is good. Viola at. Davis is... Are you excited about the idea of Mel Gibson directing the sequel? <sighs> Which is not going to happen. But Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm I don't wait, here you know what? I enjoy Mel Gibson as a director. I think he makes some very interesting choices. So him directing anything, especially the sequel of a franchise is something that I would find particularly interesting. Is it interesting enough for me to uh Put aside the fact that it would be another Suicide Squad film uh, in the co- in the current Warner Brothers universe. I don't know. I'd say they cancel each other out, and I just die of a heart attack or something. Mel Gibson doesn't seem like the type of director who would be able to get pushed around by the studio in that way. True. So if that was, it's like I ha- it has to be a specific narrative where Mel Gibson really gets to have control. Yeah. Otherwise. Because he's a better director, I think, than a lot of the people directing a lot of those sure. superhero movies. Um, so in that sense, yes, would definitely be excited. But I think I'd re- – even though I didn't – you know, I think Hacksaw Ridge is okay. Right. Uh, I'd rather see him do his own thing again. Absolutely. Um, and then- I think I feel that way. You could name a director and I would rather them do their own thing. 
Yeah, it's and and when people have been saying like like oh uh, uh, Matt Reeves is going to direct the Batman, it's been uh, it's been it's official now, right? And I remember thinking like if it were Ben Affleck, that's enough to make me interested. Matt Reeves, I like him as a director, sure, but. As has happened every single step of the way, and I have been correct pretty much every time. Anytime there's been a new development in the current Warner Brothers Cinematic University, the DC Cinematic University, uh, my university. It's a school. I do like that idea. I'll, 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 I'll enroll. Yeah, um, but uh, the 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 universe. Um, <clears throat> I my first response is, oh neat. Oh right. Never mind. Right. It's going to be absolute shit. If anything, they will ruin this neat thing. Uh-huh. It could be a director. It could be an actor. The one thing that has come out unscathed is Ben Affleck as Batman, right. I think, has done very well. Um, but and, and I think he's a strong enough director. And probably if he's playing the part and directing, I think he would have enough control to actually make that movie pretty good. But I feel like Matt Reeves will probably get bossed around by the studio, and they'll, yeah. and they'll just ruin everything like that's what they've been Hopefully doing. Hopefully, he will get bossed around by Ben Affleck. That would be great. To a large degree. But the fact that Ben Affleck can't handle both duties yeah. makes me think that they are going with such a large scale yeah. that he just doesn't have the time. If he's producing and acting, that could uh, be that's, something. that's feasible. Yeah. But yeah, it, ugh. Yeah. No, thank you. I feel bad for everybody involved. Oh yeah, uh, I'd say especially, especially me. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I have plenty of other things I'd love. Okay, to let's, yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's rattle them off here. Okay, um, the thing I liked least is, you know, if Walmart wants to uh, oh, right. have Awful. their stupid fucking receipts Awful. made into movies by. <laughs> By three directors. Awful. I, I don't really care. <laughs> just, just. I know. A, a, an absolute. When, when, this, when the Rogue and Goldberg one is far and away the best. But also, so obviously clearest. a commercial. Right. So that's so not that was a film, and well, it, it wasn't, wasn't a film. film. They just. But did, it was clearly just. They a basically commercial. did little motifs of yeah. each item. So there's really nothing there. But the biggest problem I had was when the Oscars going into the commercial breaks yeah. are shilling for Walmart. Yeah. That's not a pair I want to see. The it's, Oscars and Walmart. It's not a pair I associate with each other very often. Not at all. I don't think of Walmart shoppers as being particularly interested in the Oscars. Exactly. Or vice versa. And so that 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 left probably the sourest taste in my mouth. Interesting. Aside from the fact that... Um, the uh, basically their use of each of those items was less inspired than your average 48 hour film festival. Sure. It was. Yeah. Also us not seeing Magnificent Seven apparently broke Anton Fuqua's brain. I thought that did, movie did okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I went thought, and saw it. I saw it. I even had popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he, and he, uh, he brokered a deal where he got like 5% of all popcorns. <laughs> exactly. Extra butter. Well, that's, that, oh, that all goes to him. <laughs> He's seeing that extra butter money. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, and what fascinates me is just like, ooh, noted non-directors, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Whoa! They don't direct, right? They just write. 
No, no, no. No, they, no, They directed This Is Us. They directed the this pilot. Is, this is the end. No, they oh, also this is di- us? No, they also directed Get the Milo. Fuck out. No, no. They directed This Is the End. Sorry, I was thinking that as the uh breakthrough hit of the new season, This Is Us. <laughs> okay. So oh, wow, okay. starring the Mandy Moore who did not choreograph La La Land. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, that confused me. I, I wasn't sure. Uh, a lot okay, of ins, so they a lot did, of outs to that sentence. Okay, so they did direct uh, this. They directed, the okay. they directed the interview. Right. They directed the preacher pilot. Right. Yeah, so they've, they've, okay, they've so had they, some time they behind the camera. Okay, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They were probably involved in the directing of Sausage Party. Which, by the way, people, look up a movie from Troma called When Nature Calls, which did the Sausage Party thing in the 80s hmm. and look up uh every episode of south park which did everything oh, that sausage yeah. party yeah. did and except better. much better and uh 10 years ago Ugh. anyway so i hated the walmart thing that was awful um let's see here oh um Seth Rogen and Michael J. Fox was, was actually nice. was pretty cool. I liked that a lot. That was pretty cool. We talked about the the inspiration moments. Then there, so there was a couple inspiration montages. Then there was just a movies are magic where they kind of went all around the world. Yeah, sure. And, of- and they just had different people talking about movies and different movies they loved. And one person at the end said, "I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing. Movies are a universal language. They're magic, and magic is universal." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just the perfect note to end on. Yeah. And I thought that's just kind of a lovely thought. And I really I I liked everything about that montage. I did have the moment. I did have this uh, moment that uh, made me chuckle. Where I just thought, like, yeah, that's right. Even uh, even foreigners like American film better than their own. <laughs> Except God a lot of that. America. A lot of that montage was cinema paradisio. Yeah, that's right, true. Right, right, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> which it seems like a movie made for those montages. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is a great movie on its own. But yeah. I actually never saw it. Me either. I've heard some people say it's overrated, but every time, every clip I see it, I'm like, I think I would like this yeah, a lot. Sure. I've never seen that or The Last Picture Show. That's a good one. Yeah. That, very little of it takes place in The Picture Show, though. I hear both of them are good. I oh, just yeah. haven't <laughs> gotten around to seeing them. Okay, what else we got? Um, that Moana song performance, that was I good. thought that was, was great. very good. Yeah, that's she, true. Like, you know, compared to other actors... Who, when they sing their songs, it's like there's a little bit of trepidation. I thought she was fantastic. I, I will say, for a I, movie I, I don't like that much. For someone who I think is a very talented person, I do feel like Lin Manuel Miranda was like wedged in. Oh, totally. They were like, <laughs> sure. they were like, How like can we, we need more to put him in? It's like he wrote some, the song. Is right. that good? Nope. nope. He needs to rap in the beginning. <laughs> why? Why? Absolutely. Absolutely. Having not seen the film, I was I was thinking like, is this rap part of the part of the song? Is it part of the song? So he's no. setting it up. By the way, none of those other movies, uh, songs had someone setting it up. You well, just yeah. throw it in there. Yeah, well, none of them had Lynn Manuel Miranda. Exactly. Uh, he could have, he should have done it Oscars. for every movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. Let me tell you about this reporter that died or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't remember what movie that was called. Oh, goodness. It's called Jim, the James Foley story. Oh, okay. Was he a reporter? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, sorry, I forget. You don't you don't remember uh, Sting, Captain Morgan, his leg up there, <laughs> that that guitar, that guitar that guitar almost punched him in the face the way it was up there. <laughs> um, Kate McKinnon, very good. Yeah, in her extremely literal interpretations of makeup. Yeah, and yeah. The cost of Humes. <laughs> um, 
Aside from the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon thing, were there any other really funny presenters? I don't feel like there were. And I was thinking, okay, I guess not all presenters are really comfortable with this format. Or looking at a, uh, there was a really good little five minute behind the scenes thing for like the Oscar rehearsals. Yeah. With all the stand-ins who literally go through the entire show Hmm. from a bunch of different like, oh, let's. They, they say they do it like five times to see like, okay, this group won. Okay, now these other people won so that they can sort of choreograph the camera moves that might need to occur. Hmm. Uh, but they talk about like a lot of times the celebrity presenters will show up and a lot of times they won't. And so I thought, okay, is this just the presenters having not shown up or do we need to get some better writers in there to get them some jokes or do we need to get more comedians in there to present with an actor probably so all that, the so that we the can we can lighten this thing up yeah i don't were there were there a lot of attempts at humor not that, even that not flat? even so it was just your basic you know screenplays well, are the beginning of the story right. we wouldn't have a movie if not for these writers the there nominees was, are there was samuel jackson saying like some movies leave you something and something he said the ones I like are the ones that leave you humming. And right. It, and it, and there was a big pause. It was like, what was that? Why would you give Samuel Jackson that line? Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. So we're not going to talk about the politics. I thought that'd be. Oh yeah. No, you're right. About. I mean, a lot of Trump jokes up front. Not as much as I thought. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be like, oh, nothing just I thought that. there was oh, going to really? be a lot more okay. of that. And a lot more speeches about uh, the state of the world and what's going on. Yeah, that is, it definitely, it seemed to be a much more consciously positive vibe than I thought it was going to be. He did say the theme was inspiration. Yeah. And I liked what he said. Now, he might have been setting up the Matt Damon thing, but I liked what he said is like, find somebody that you don't agree with, but you still like and actually listen to them for a while. Then he went into the Matt Damon thing, but for a while, I was just like, hey, I kind of like that. Yeah. And I thought, oh shit, was that just, was that just a setup? That's a bummer because I agree. No, with I don't it. think so. That was that was a couple of them before. Okay, I mean, I do like that. So many people talked about how films can affect people, mm-hmm. regardless of of uh, you know nation of origin or yeah. whatever. And and uh, I wish that wasn't politically tinged. I wish that that could just be a positive thing you yeah. could say. Mm-hmm. Um. But some dummy will, will, will say some shitty thing about it on Twitter. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Dude, I already saw people shitting on the dude from uh, who directed The Salesman. He's like, oh, who is a, a person from Iran telling us about human rights? It's like, dude, he's a guy. Oh, yes, I heard he's that, a yeah. guy. <laughs> well, the idea that like Iran is one to talk about human yeah. rights, but he's but not the government. Oscar, and yeah. in fact, Oscar Farhani is a fantastic director. Yeah, I will say, I will say, one of the important things. It, it's I, I think Iran and the United States both have this situation where the the people uh, feel a responsibility to come out and say like we are not our government, and the fact that this yeah. is an American production that is aired all over the world. I do think it's important. Um, cause I do worry about this a lot that people know, like, like, um, Americans are still cool. Like Americans, like <laughs> we're, we, we know what's going on. We're trying to figure, we're trying you? to figure this the fuck out Yeah, and we're doing the best we can. Like, like I want uh-huh. uh, people to know, like, uh, this show, listen, people listen to this show all over the world. It's like folks, 
we know how bad it looks and it looks worse on the inside. We're trying to figure the fuck out. <laughs> We're trying to make it through for everybody. Yeah. It's, you know, I, Again, to I guess we're talking about politics, so I'll bring up my own as well, um, as always. Um, it's very common in the con- in the conservative world to, uh, and I understand it, to to say like, how on earth can people be uh, people in America be decrying like certain human rights issues here and then be absolutely silent about you know other co- countries like Iran and stuff like that? It's like that. Okay, I get that. But that's about someone being aware of both. Uh-huh. This is a filmmaker who undoubtedly, I don't know, but I would assume undoubtedly is not thrilled with the state of things in Iran. Yeah, yeah And yeah. to associate the two, you know, he's not, while, he, while his film was uh, Iran's like submission, that is a far cry from him being a big fan of everything his government yeah, is yeah. doing. You know, and just, it, it's ridiculous to, I don't like the idea of, of even though I can see why someone might in regards to the foreign film category, I think it's ridiculous to just judge one, uh, judge one person based on where yeah. they are from. But I guess that's kind of the, the nature it, of things. It would at be the moment. especially ridiculous to do some kind of, you know, travel ban, uh, based on the idea that citizenship, I'm not following uh, you. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't read a newspaper in six months. <laughs> yeah. Update me. Who's president. You're the, you're, Did the, I only, win? you're the only person who's smiling. If, yeah. that's, if that's the case, <laughs> Things pretty good for me. Got this cup of water here. I'm enjoying. I've placed a lot of bets enjoy on the it. Yeah. Enjoy it before all the EPA regulations go out of that cup of water. Why would that happen? Oh. Hey, you know, just buy bottled water. That's the, the that's the free market. Foxes we'll take are care in front of the hen houses. Uh, okay, what do we got now? Now, in terms of. In terms of like great speeches, did mm. anybody outdo Viola Davis? Oh no, that was wonderful. I, I don't think so. She spoke passionately. She spoke from the heart. She spoke personally. She spoke about sort of like the call to artistry. Yeah. She spoke yeah. about her family, inspirations. Like, I mean. I'm a sucker for someone who brings up like, not merely say saying like, hey, thanks to my parents, but anybody who set, who gets very specific and said like, so like that sound guy who said, my mom got me a job in sound. Yes. And I said like, what could I do to thank you? It's like, you can work very, very hard and then someday do this. And yes, that's and a very she had standard. passed away. Yeah. And so uh, that, that n- moment was nice. And frankly, stuff like that makes me happy. It's like, yeah, that's right. Sound guys might not be best actress or best lead actor. They, they might not be super high profile, but they've worked their whole. This is one of the best days of their lives. Just yeah. because we don't really know what they do. Uh-huh. Uh, that doesn't mean that this is not incredibly important. And that yeah. this was that his mom got him a job in sound. Yeah. So clearly she was excited about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and so was he. And now here he is. And so yeah. stuff like that, I'm a sucker for. But I would say there is an element to Viola Davis's speech that I wasn't thrilled with. Oh, I wonder if it's the same one. I had a, it, she had me, then she lost me for a second. And, and then, then I, guys, and then I think I know what it is. What do we got? She didn't plug suicide squad. Now, no, on, now on DVD yeah. and Blu-ray, obviously. And it's an Oscar winner. <laughs> exactly. For best makeup. She's like, stay tuned for suicide squad too. Right. Mel. <laughs> uh, like she, she and then she and Mel high fives. Like she, and then credits roll. It's like, oh, really? But now we're in. They're gonna combine fences and Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh boy, boy, yeah. you come on, dude. You don't think Denzel Washington's Dark Side would rock it? 
That would be pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I would like that a lot. I'd see it. Um, so, yeah, my part, the thing that I, that I didn't like, and she got me back on board, was it seemed a little bit out of touch and self-congratulatory when it's like artists are the only ones, yep. I don't remember the exact phrase, we're the only ones who celebrate what it is to be human. I was like, I think you've, you've mistaken artists for basically everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, philosophers. Say, uh, if you, yeah, how liberal you are with the label of artists it could make you can make it work i would say any number of clergy uh is is another option like it, sure. it's such an it's it's an odd thing to say anytime and this happens this this happens at award shows and it happens in award speeches where it's like we're the only ones that do this thing yeah and it's just like uh that's that sounds like someone who's been in this industry for a while and doesn't know anybody else it's almost like saying we stand up for the common man <laughs> yeah. you saw them with that crew from the bus <laughs> <laughs> they literally stood up for them come on yeah it was uh, and yeah. I, I get what she was trying to say but at the same time it just like it just bothered me yeah it bo i think it bothered me the way she said it what she said right before was that like we want to exhume these lives that have passed yeah basically and, and when you think about the nature of the the story of Fences, her role in Fences, that really is at the heart of that yeah. movie, is to give voice to the complicated, often bitter struggle yeah. of of these people. Yeah. So in that sense, I totally see where she's coming from. I did think that was too far. Yeah. Or but then she... It felt she, like maybe the, there, it, was, it was missing two sentences in order to earn that. Sure. But she kind of jumped to it, which is understandable. It's a short yeah. time. But uh, but yeah, it's and but then she got back to it and, and it was and it was it was great. But yeah. that moment just kind of was like, ah, yeah. it wasn't quite Meryl Streep's Golden Globe thing where she says, like, you know, without movies, people just have football and MMA and cut to a couple weeks later. And football is like the most dramatic thing anyone has seen in years. It sure as shit um, is. But it would be more dramatic if Meryl was out on that field. It would be decidedly less dramatic. No, come on. You don't. You listen. She doesn't have the. She arms. can do. We all anything. know she doesn't have the arm strength anymore. All right. No, the drama. It's like a wet noodle out there. The drama would come from this old lady's going to die. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, by the way, you know Fucking what? Fucking Gronk beheads her. Just boom, <laughs> like a wrecking ball into a kitten. Gronk did not play in the Super Bowl. He mm. was on injured reserve for about the second half. Of the I season. consider that Justin Bieber commercial as playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and he was certainly probably paid as much. I mostly didn't watch the commercials. I literally had them on mute because I was just, I wasn't even angry. I was just in distress. But then yeah. you saw Gronk in a caveman thing. No, I was, like, I was, by the way, I didn't know this. this I had my hands buried into the in my Super hands. <laughs> uh, everything will eventually come to a, to the Patriots. Uh, with, I like Jason, to think so. When, I plant when, seeds along the way. <laughs> when Jason and I uh, uh, go to Denny's once a week, uh, there are a handful of things that we will talk about like and every once in a while there's like an overlap between like survivor and football yeah and he will spend time talking to me about football which i don't care about i will spend time talking about survivor which he doesn't care about it's a nice little give and take and then we move on to film yeah so it's fun uh okay but anyway. yes moving on but her, her speech is very good it's just in that moment about yes her. but i like it when people speak with passion yes i really like that and i think Certain, especially younger actors, can sort of shy away from that. That's why I like the, the sound guy's uh, speech yeah. that you talked about. You know, 
let loose a little bit. You've just won something. Yeah. Tell us what means something in your life. Tell us, sort of like Jimmy Kimmel said, tell us what what people have helped you along the way and what has meant something to you to bring you to this point. But it does. There, there could be an element of like letting loose, like. If they let loose, they might burst out crying and never stop. So there, there yeah. probably has to be an element of restraint. Man, I would love that. If you're going to get anything out. Also, you know. if you let loose, you might discover that the wrong name was. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Do you think people are really going to be paranoid now? Sure. That they didn't really win? They're going to like, let me check that thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Give me the envelope. Can't yeah. trust you. What was that? Who said it where like someone said, like, is this, do I get to. Oh, it was, it was Seth Rogen. They presented something. And then the winner came up and I think was asking about the envelope and asking like, oh, do I keep this? And he goes, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Which is a nice moment. Yeah. Um, do you think that any uh, award they really got it wrong besides uh, Suicide Squad being Star Trek Beyond? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, the, the the big surprise, was, aside from picture, the big surprise was editing, and it went to Hacksaw Ridge. And I don't know if I would have given it to Hacksaw Ridge, but it is a really well-put-together film. You sure. don't think Best Actress, you don't think that was kind of an upset? Or I think they really It wasn't got an wrong. upset. Okay, I think they really got And I think Emma Stone is great. She's the greatest thing in that movie. So you'd go Isabel Huppert? I, I would go, well, I didn't see that movie. But I would go with Natalie Portman. Yeah, oh, okay. I, and I, also, didn't see, I, I didn't see Elle or Loving, but I, I would have preferred Natalie Portman. Well, the, the, I guess the reason I assumed was because it seemed like it was between those two. So Jackie, sort of earlier on in award season, she it seemed like those two were going to be it. But yeah. then she kind of faded away. Well, early and she's on. she's already won. Early on in award season, it looked like it was going to be between, and it was in some critics awards, between Natalie Portman and... And Annette Benning, and right. she won some stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, as you know, uh, I've done very well in our Oscar draft <laughs> with Best Actress. I got uh -huh. Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine. I got Brie Larson last year, and I got wow. Natalie Portman. It was my first pick, and I thought, like, here we go. But Actress was a strong category this year. Yeah. And so it they really spread it out. Now and the uh, the second and third Best Actresses taken in that particular draft were Emma Stone and Ruth Nega yeah. by yours truly. You did quite well there. Um, and, and it's a weird thing where I think she is great. Uh, Emma Stone is great in that film. And I think that film kind of just works because of her. But I don't know. In a weird way, I feel like uh, so much of the rest of the movie, the songs, the, the production design, the direction, all that stuff. Um, she's got a lot of help. Is that weird to say? There's a lot of collaboration, and, yeah, her, and she's a good collaborator. I, I yeah. think I think her her performance is the one I gravitate to more in the film than than Gosling. Sure, you think of the audition scene. Having rewatched it, it's just one push in. So there's no there's no tricks going on. There's no there's a little bit of lighting, but it's just her. Yeah, and it's just she's got to stand there and deliver the most emotional moment for her character yeah. in the movie. And I think it's just a home run. Well, and and there's stuff like the scene that we did see the 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 clip right before mm -hmm. she won. But then also that dinner scene. Oh yeah, is, is so great. great. Is but great. both of them like it's well written. They're both doing a great job. Uh, it it it's visually quite striking in that mm -hmm. in that. But moment. really simple. It's just yeah. Shot reverse shot. Yeah, but she they both do great. There. Yeah, and and the it's idea excellent. her ability and his as well. But I'd say her ability 
to move from what could almost seem like kitchen sink drama in that mm-hmm. scene to whimsical music and make it seem like it's all the same character is actually pretty astounding. And, yeah. and I will say, you know, we've talked and, and we haven't talked that much about the law land backlash because no, no one here is part of that. Um, right. Uh, unless Jason has a special. Oh no, it's in my top 10 of the year. I uh, but, uh, I don't feel it because it, it the film does it so well and does it so seamlessly. I don't think the film does get enough credit for um, balancing those two tones, which it, it, it um, of the the outsized heights, the the of of doing a musical and the you know kitchen sink, the really down to earth drama. That is such an amazing you know high wire act, um, and tone is getting the tone right is such, it feels like that's maybe one of the most difficult things in a film. Um, that because the film does it so well, it becomes invisible in a way. Uh-huh. And I, and I, and I don't think, you know, it's weird to say La Land isn't getting enough credit, yeah. uh, but yeah. I don't think it gets enough credit for that. Well, it's uh, from an award standpoint, like that is a function of a director who knows the tone he is striking yeah, exactly. yeah. and the cinematography yeah. and the score. Yeah. Everyone has to be on. So like, on and board. it was awarded in all of yeah, those, all those categories. You know. Yeah. Um, I, the, here's a weird thing. So many, many years ago, uh, back when I was in college, uh, the first time doing my undergrad, that's what we say now. <laughs> um, my roommate Cole, who do, who does the theme song, who's done the theme music for, for this show. Um, he was writing a musical uh, but he wanted somebody to do the book. And mm-hmm. so he said, he, here's the story uh, of a lovely lady. Uh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> and so I wrote the book and then he wrote the songs and the lyrics and we put them all together and I acted in it. Uh, and the story that he wanted was, you know, it's just, it's this guy and girl and they are not uh, romantically uh, linked they're just friends and then she gets sick and is and he's dealing with that and that sort of thing and so you know pretty heavy stuff and so the the dialogue scenes were very much a one tone the musical scenes were very much another tone and I will say as the person who wrote the dialogue scenes, knowing that they needed to lead into the musical scenes and then having to act that it's insanely okay I'm not a professional, and so obviously somebody like a Damien Chazelle and the various people he's working with, they are professionals, so they should be better at this. Mm-hmm. But it is incredibly difficult to do from an acting standpoint, a writing standpoint, and then uh, I forget who direct. Uh, I think Cole directed it himself, but like it can be a very difficult thing to do. And and I think that everything that was difficult about La La Land was rewarded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I think an argument could be made that it deserved editing. Um, sure. Listen, just for that opening moment alone, the opening number where it's it's not done in one shot, but it feels like it is 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 a master. It's so funny editing. because I think that's not one of the stronger moments in the movie. No. Yeah, I didn't respond. I don't to know it if that much. Either. I think it's a better song to listen to than to watch. I don't. I don't think the the performances of the song in the movie are particularly good. You don't like a drum coming out of the the back of a truck? Yeah, I like a drum coming out of the back of the truck. What I don't like <laughs> is uh, people who don't know how to sell a song. That is true. Yeah, it's a I, I that opening. It it logistically, I appreciate it more than I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. 
What are you, you looking at You were just thinking of like traffic jams. You're thinking about, oh, those people are late for work. No, I thought there actually <laughs> should have been more cars. You could tell the spacing of the cars was such that, okay, people yeah. got to dance in between these, which I'll, I I could totally forgive that. That's I such, think it'd be pretty great if it actually was like a traffic jam and they're trying to dance and not being able to. <laughs> and someone like, breaks their leg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like it's a dancing jam as well. To go back to Emma Stone for just a moment, yeah, I thought her speech was really nice. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Especially because she says like, you know, an Oscar can feel like a culmination of something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so many times we feel like like Julianne Moore a couple of years ago, y- even to some extent, DiCaprio last year. Even though yeah. I love that performance. Um, but it feels like that's a culmination of a career, whereas with her, she knows that that it's not. And I thought yeah. her saying, I've got a lot of growing and a lot of learning to do, and this is such a great sort of marker along the way. I thought that was just the right attitude to have because yeah. she has a her career is far from over and it, there's so many more notes that she can learn to play. Especially well, since Stone and Gosling are the, as you guys talk about, are they the new Dude. America's sweethearts? Is that what we said? Oh, is the, the new, new like Tracy and Hepburn? Oh yes, that's right. I believe that was David's uh, uh-huh. uh, identification of them. Um, yeah, it is strange. Like it's it, this doesn't happen every year, but it happens pretty regularly. That like after the Oscars, there are certain it it, ten, it happens with with actors a lot. That like you say like oh that person's an Oscar winner now. Yeah, Emma Stone, who only a few years ago. Easy A was an easy super bad a and super. By bad. the way, yeah. great in both films. Yeah, she she was a great actress. She was in Lucky Louie ten years ago. Oh wow, I did not remember that. Um, but you you just said great actress, but we wouldn't have said great actress. We would have said she's really good. She's really. I would say she's great at what she does, but nothing about what she does would ever lend itself right. to an Oscar. Right? Her and Andrew Garfield were in two. Uh, Two Spider-Man movies together. That's right. Now they were both nominated for lead acting categories. Yeah. It's- this is why, and, and and I've said it before and I've said it again, they should have never rebooted that Spider-Man franchise. It. Not only are we not going to see... I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Take <laughs> a moment. Take only a moment, Ian. It's are gonna we be not right. going to see... We'll help you through. Paul Giamatti's Rhino. <laughs> What if that's the one thing they carry over? <laughs> oh, I hope the one thing. Paul Giamatti's Rhino and Michael Keaton's Vulture yeah. together. Oh, that's what I want to say. Boy, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they pull in Paul Giamatti's Rhino like in the after credit sequence. Like, really? They're like, look, guys, we know you love it. It'll be, it'll, it'll sort of be like, oh, never mind. I was not only are we not going to see Christopher Cooper as Norman <laughs> Osborn again, right? Yeah, which we weren't going to see anyway because he died. Uh, listen, people come back in those movies. Not only are we not going to see, is it Dane DeHaan? Dane DeHaan. Dane, yes. Not only are we not going to see Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn. Uh-huh. And the, and the Sinister the, Six. The Sinister Six? I st- oh. <laughs> you know what? Hey, spoiler alert. Um, those movies are so mediocre. Gwen Stacy's death in that second movie is an extremely effective moment. It is. I it's agree. like, it's... They put everything into that moment. It's a good moment, it. and it's a moment that is about the two of them, right. which and they're very effective together. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't expect to be talking about these movies, but I guess well, yeah, the, yeah. those stars. The yeah. It. Listen, 
yes, it's great that we can finally have a fair comparison between the acting styles of Sally Field and Marissa Tomei. You know, I think that's wonderful. Sure. So, see, who's we've all the, been clamoring for. Yeah, it. to see who's the better Aunt May. So many think pieces have been written about that. Right. And, and they're not done. They're no. still coming. Uh-uh. Uh, I'm working on one right now. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, July 2017. Um, <laughs> Did you just earn like a quarter from someone? <laughs> exactly. Now, people don't know. I am Tom Holland's manager. And am I seeding certain... <laughs> Hey, you're seeing opportunities. This is what managers connections do. between the what they call the Sony verse and the Marvel verse. Are we going to see? I'm losing Peter Parker's parents. <laughs> yeah. You weren't you weren't fascinated by the story of Peter Parker's parents, which I don't know why they made that a big thing about those Andrew uh, Garfield movies. Um, They're yeah. like people are really going to be oh, would they die in a plane crash? And, <laughs> By the way, that's never been interesting. Who's, who's the dad? The dad was someone good. It's Richard uh, Parker. Uh, Campbell Scott. Campbell, Campbell Scott, Scott yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to reveal something about Oscorp. It's like, first he was with Jesse Eisenberg. Now he's with, he's just making the social network rounds. That's true. Playing yeah. father figures. And then let's not forget that Jesse Eisenberg is now Lex Luthor. So that's right. right. Holy shit. Don't you hear? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the bells. Don't you hear it? What the see, hell he, say, he says ding, ding, ding at the end. Yeah. I will say Batman v Superman. If you see that extended cut, uh-huh. two thirds of a good movie. I will say that. Yeah, but I'd I, say the I'd say the cut now is about one third of a good movie. Well, that's the you gotta watch the extended cut. So yeah. that, uh, so that other third. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm piling on thirds. I don't know if I could ever. I don't, That seems like a tall order. Even if it is no, it is, it is a lot of movie, but it is a huge improvement. Even if You'll you see. guaranteed that it was three thirds of a good movie, <laughs> right? I don't know if I can devote that kind of time to that movie again. You know what? I rewatched it. Really? Oh yeah. How was it? It was on HBO, so I, I gave it a look. Sure. And. I mean, the things that work actually work a little bit less in the cold light of day <laughs> without, sure. without some delicious movie theater popcorn. Boy, it's amazing how over. much that can... Uh, eating popcorn <laughs> and drinking soda, as I've said before, is just like, well, at least one of my senses is happy. You remove <laughs> that and suddenly it's like, I, I'm 0 for 5 here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 okay that the the whole last third is... Even more troublesome. Yeah, I'm know. sure it is. And then that's all intact in the extended cut. There's no reason. For oh, things. thank God. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, back to back to the Oscars. Okay, Anything I, else? I have a big question for you guys. Okay. All right. So let me just read some names. Okay. Um, or read some categories rather. Okay. So, picture Moonlight, uh, director Damien Chazelle, um. I'll kind of halfway incorporate Casey Affleck, but certainly actress Emma Stone, supporting actor Mahershala Ali, mm-hmm. um, score for La La Land, best original song for La La Land, cinematography for La La Land. All of these people are very new to the awards game. Mahershala very, Ali. Jenkins as well, I'd say is Oh, yeah, is yeah, new. very yeah, much yeah. so. Very best much so. Best adapted screenplay. Yeah, best adapted screenplay. Am I crazy or are we this we're seeing the new wave? Oh, we're yeah. seeing they're beating Merrill, they're beating Denzel. Viola Davis had never she's sort of the holdover. Yeah. You know, she had never gotten an Oscar. She's been nominated for a lot of great performances. So okay. And there wasn't really a newcomer in that category. 
Yeah, that's true. You know, when, when you think about it. But in so many key categories, we're seeing the next wave. Uh, Tyler, your wife Jen and I were looking up. I mean, the winners for Best Original Song and 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 Score and Cinematography, they look like they're 23 years old. Yeah. They are They are so young. Even Damien Chazelle, that that was the joke about him. You, you, and I thought it was a good joke. If you win tonight, you'll be able to get into any college in the like any college you want. That's yeah. a great joke. Like, it looks like he and Lucas Hedges could go out for malts afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Take their gals. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just be home by eleven. Yeah. So, so wait. Not only are they teenagers, but they're teenagers uh, seventy years ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but don't you think we're seeing the next wave? This is the beginning sure. of the next wave of filmmakers. Yeah, Damien Chazelle especially. Um, but yeah, it's it's we're seeing people all being uh, elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barry Jenkins, I think, probably has something of a blank check, as does Damien Chazelle. But he had that after whi- after Whiplash. Like once that guy. Yeah. Any kind of box office and as much Oscar support as it did. It didn't did. get much box office at all, though. It got like less than fifteen million. Granted, it was made for four, like four and a half million. Right. But it's not like it made fifty, sixty million dollars. You know, it might or be, even the twenty that Moonlight made. And I might, th- I might have thought it did simply because of the number of people I knew that were talking about it. I did too. I just happened to look it up like yeah. yesterday. Um, but yeah, and so. Yeah, I think Damien Chazelle is going to be a pretty heavy hitter now. And I, I think too. Barry Jenkins probably will be as well. I, absolutely. But here's the thing. Damien Chazelle, I think, has pretty solid mainstream instincts. Barry Jenkins doesn't, or at least not that I'm aware of. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but it's just right. like, you know, what are we defining as the next wave? Like the next wave of like filmmakers that, that everyone's going to know about? or Because Barry Jenkins might never be that. But he might be the next, like, Paul Thomas Anderson. Sure, that's yeah. a possibility. Well, and we can be reasonably sure, we can hope at least, that with the awards that they got, he's going to get a lot more than $1.5 million for his next movie. That's, yes, and absolutely. He, he's probably going to be, he's, he, he's just going to be thought of in that upper echelon. When you get, when you get best picture, it's like if he had just gotten screenplay, I, I agree with you. It's like, okay, yeah, he's, you know, make whatever $8 million movie you want. Now it's like, hey, this guy's movies are, can really, we can position them in a certain way, which is just going to, I think, open more doors for him in yeah. terms of who's going to be willing to work with them, what producers are going to be willing to give him what. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's very good for him. And he's not certainly the type who's like, okay, what Marvel movie can I be plugged into? Right. Uh, so. uh, yeah, that's true. Damien Chazelle, they might do something like that. Oh, there's no way. No, no, no. If you, when you went best director, what other best director directs uh, a superhero movie? There's none. I guess. Uh, well, and I guess Ben Affleck didn't win best director, but like there was talk of him direct. But he's always been a mainstream. He's su- yeah, and he's such a different animal because he's the actor, producer, yeah. director. Yeah, um, I guess that's I guess that's true. Uh, like Catherine Bigelow didn't go on to do anything like that no, type of mainstream yeah. or anything. Like she actually made I mean, Zero Dark Thirty. You know, was I'll, Kenneth Branagh ever nominated for Best Actor? Best Actor, oh. Best Director, Best Director. Uh, I think he probably I think yeah. he was for Thor for for, for one of exa- uh, for, for one, one of his Shakespeare adaptations. Yeah. I think, huh? Um, either Henry V or or Hamlet. I think, but I'm not sure. Um, I might be wrong about that. <coughs> but yeah, but, so I, anyway, that's just, I, I think that's exciting. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I'm excited. And, and certainly Mahershala Ali has, yes. his star has been on the rise in the last, like for the last like two years. Like definitely 
Game, uh, not Game of Thrones. Hunger um, Games. House, Hunger Games, House of Cards, and then um, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. I think. Yeah. Um, and even about Luke Cage. and even though spoilers, he's not there the whole time. Um, and you feel it when he's gone. Like, boy, that's he, true. Yeah, he should have been there. They should not have done to his character yeah. what they did. They kill him. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, he's in Hidden Figures. Well, like he's somebody who I feel like he's already in danger of being overexposed because everywhere I look, I see him. But that might oh, just be because you it's think he's going to get Jude Laud? <laughs> Maybe it's called getting Jude Laud. <laughs> that you is mean like post Ripley. He was in like there was that two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. He was in like and Chris Rock things. had that joke like, okay. "Oh, who's Jude Laud?" And then Sean Penn, Sky like, mm-hmm. Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh. Alfie, closer, closer. Uh, he was in. He was in the Aviator. Aviator. Yeah, that's only four. We're missing one. We're missing one, and I cannot. I won't be able to call to mind what it is. Oh, I'm desperate. Jude Law in 2004. Oh, oh, he's in Million Dollar Baby. That's it. <laughs> he was. He uh, was the punching bag. Right. Oh man, he's he's in everything. Um, yeah, it's uh, boy. That's yeah. That's gonna bother me. You said, Not for long, it won't. Because you said Alfie. Was he in another remake of something? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's frustrating. I want to move on, but you're looking this up now, and now no, I'm just curious. just move on, and I'll okay. pop it in. Uh, so, I can't think of anything else, really, that I... Overall, this was... This was a perfectly fine Oscars, and then the most memorable thing... I know. Yeah, Bill it's top. happened like more memorable, memorable thing, than that streaker. Uh, I'll say uh, in my lifetime. Okay, I'll say like maybe a top, maybe like a top three Oscar ceremony in my lifetime because of that. Yeah, I know. We are missing two films. We're missing oh, two. Damn, can you guess one. Them? He only does a voice in, and I think he maybe appears. Lemony Snicket. Yep. Okay. All right. So there's that one. All right. Then he was in. A movie we both like quite a bit from a director who thereafter has had what I can only describe is a major career course change. Oh, jeez. Was it David Gordon Green? No. I don't know if I'll be able to go from that. Um, let's see. It was another David, though. David. Oh, was he in House of D, directed by David Duchovny? No. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, A David whose actors are often nominated and even often win. Damn. What the hell is wrong with me? Wait. It's not Fincher, right? No. Uh, They get nominated, they don't win. That is true. I'll just say it. Okay. David O. Russell. He was in I Heart Huckabees. That's right. Yes. Okay. And he's very good in that as he well. He is very good. Damn, he was in six movies in 2006. The mayonnaise. Uh, he yes, tells a mayonnaise right. story about uh, Shania Twain, I think. Yes. And then there's a great scene where Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin play a, a recording of every time he's told the mayonnaise story. Oh, it's an that's ex- right. his it's sto- a fantastic scene. His story is very depressing. Yeah. It's, he's really He is really good in it, though. I need to rewatch that movie. Damn it. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Me either. Um, so, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a remarkably fine ceremony that became one of the most amazing ceremonies <sighs> ever. Yeah, it is. It's I recognize that Oscar history really doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things. But when I was younger, 
Um, I had this book, you know, b- before the internet, basically. Yeah. I'm sure they still there were print books. I'm sure they still print this book, <laughs> but it was a book of like every Oscar winner and nominee. And then, and it went year by year. And then there'd be like a little five paragraph thing of like summing up interesting things that happened in hmm. the ceremony. And so it mentions a streaker and it yeah. mentions a couple things here and there. It mentions that, you know, Sasheen Littlefeather accepting best yeah, actor yeah. for Marlon Brando. Um, and then, you know, uh, but then sometimes it doesn't say anything particularly interesting. Uh-huh. This year it's like, oh, this is, yeah, this is not merely Oscar history and not merely just my it's lifetime. envelope history. This is in, in the history, history of, all of envelopes. envelopes. Yeah. This is the worst one <laughs> yeah. uh, envelope has been handled. Uh, yeah. And like, this is like, uh, one of it, one of like the top five Oscar moments I feel like ever. Yeah. It would have to be right. If it were any other category, maybe not. But the fact that this is picture and the two, the one that was spoken and the one that yeah. actually won. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it's incredible. And and I think we were talking about off mic. If it were the opposite, <laughs> if they had said, oh, yeah, Light, but it was that. actually yeah. La La Land, people would be so in going crazy. Oh, my God. Because then it's like, oh, my gosh, an upset. No, nope. their minds. They would have lost their minds. The think peace economy. Would have oh, doubled. Boy. Oh my gosh. Oh, school tomorrow would have been absolutely insufferable. Um, but uh, I, I, when you said that, I was thinking there's a website called School Tomorrow. <laughs> That's how. And when you said deep that, I am into the internet. I like, oh, of, School Tomorrow. Who's what? What side is that? I thought of eight-year-olds getting on a school bus <laughs> and all talking about the Oscar controversy. Oh boy, I remember. Uh, well, that was sort of me. Uh, I would watch the Oscars when I was very young, and yeah. I remember. In uh, in high school, I would I was on the newspaper staff, and so I would write about the Oscars. To I would venture to say nobody. Sure. Um, and then I was then the next year I was not on the uh, the staff, but uh, Mrs. Trippy, uh-huh. the uh, the the uh, editor of the high school newspaper, said, "Hey, I know you don't write for us anymore, but do you want to write about the Oscars?" Like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. So once again, I get, don't know why she asked because nobody cares uh, in Nixon, Missouri, but. Right, you especially know after the Oscars has already happened. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, an event I didn't watch uh, is being recapped here, and yeah. this guy apparently has some problems. Probably about a month later. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, that's probably about right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, fun ceremony. I was, I, I, uh, I mean, we we have to end by talking about the winner of the Oscar fantasy draft. That is true. Yes, we don't uh, have to. So for the last for the last several years, it is between uh, editor editor at large Scott and I. He's won two, and yeah. then our stupid friend Dan won two. Big stupid. This year, there's a new there's the, a new sheriff in town. Ex- yeah, <laughs> uh, the king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> right. um, it is in fact a friend of the show, Jason Aiken. Woo! Uh, do you know how many points you won by? Because I sure do. Because we came into this and you won already. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody had I gotten zero, no one would have beat me. Right. I had three hundred and five points to start. Um, I won four awards. I won best actress. It's fun to say I won best actress. Indeed. Actress, supporting actress, um, cinematography, and. Uh, sound editing. And uh, so that put me... And then 
we also give a 10-point bonus to whoever wins the most awards, yeah. which, shocking, uh, usually it's someone else would win more than four. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up getting that, so I wound up with 42 points on the night for a total of 347. Yeah. I did not add up mine. I got I got two uh, categories this, uh, this evening because I had... La La Land for my catch-all, which I thought was going to do better for me, right. honestly. But uh, now that it matters, I was not in any danger of winning. Right. But uh, Ian, I think you did better than me this year. Really? I just yeah. have Damien Chazelle for director. Well, that got you a lot. Yeah, I didn't yes. have... That's the thing. But to, I was already so in the hole. That's true. But like to stay in the game at all, you need one... You need at least one that wins everything. And Damien, Damien Chazelle did pretty well for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably two. the only reason I was in the game, honestly, at that point. Also, yeah. trades take way too, way too many points, honestly. Oh, not for me. I made five trades. So Here's the thing. They take away five points. There's never any category where you win five. It's, it's Oscar nomination. Oscar nomination. No, yeah, but. but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you've got to, you've got to think, is this going to get me at least And I did. I actually did do that calculations. And did it yeah. work? No. I mean, really? I, I did do the calculations when I traded in folks. I had what did you trade in. I had Michael Keaton for the founder. Oh, I might as well had like Ryan Gosling for the founder. Like it's, sure, it's, yeah, it's it for all that did for me. Um, that movie, unfortunately, got it's I mean, it was supposed to come out in August. Yeah. And it just kept yeah. getting pushed, which Every, it was originally about Burger King. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about that movie should have been. I thought they'd Oscar give stuff. Yeah. Michael Keaton a bone like they did for Nicole Kidman for Lion. She won a BAFTA. Oh, she didn't win. She was nominated for a BAFTA and yeah. Oscar. That was it. But um, they didn't yeah. so who'd you swap out. I swapped out uh, Adam Driver. Uh, or Patterson, which got you some stuff, I'm sure. He yeah, but but I was uh, I did the calculations up until the wee hours of the night, going like, oh, how is this going to go? <laughs> oh, how is this going to go? <laughs> it's still <laughs> not, but I but I calculated like, oh, after six award shows, I should be able to win. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, I believe I had. <laughs> I was. You had several categories that got you. Yeah. Just, yeah, but I also had five. I did five trades, all of yeah. which paid off. I had Billy Lynn's long halftime walk for best picture. Yeah. That was Swap on that, that arm. That was on that Armin White list. He said that film got. No, oh, that movie did not get the that love it deserved. A sack of shit. <laughs> I not, now, did I'm you sorry. see it in that like one twenty FPS or whatever it was? No, I didn't. No, I saw it regular, and I was. I was. I thought, hey. I, I liked Life of Pi quite a bit. Yeah. I'm a, I'm interested. I, I really didn't like it. Sack of shit is too... It's certainly hyperbole, but... So, uh, I also swapped out... Um, yeah, I think cinematography and editing, my catch-all. I swapped out Billy Lynn for... I swapped out my score yeah. in favor of Moonlight score. Um, so, I mean... And then the big one, the one that really dictated it yeah. was because Viola Davis transitioned from being best actress to supporting yeah. actress. Yeah. And then when the, when the time came for all of us to make our trades, like when it opened up at midnight, like four, like four people, including me all yeah. went for Viola Davis for supporting. And then you were the one that got her. Uh, yeah. I happened to get it. Yeah. That's the uh, truly, that's really yeah. the only reason and, we all push send and, at the same time. And I should say reason. basically I, a mid season pickup. Yeah. And she probably got, she got me at least 
probably 60 points. Yeah, she was the shoe in this. She year. she got me 13 points for the Oscars alone. So if you take 60 60 some points away from me, add it to just about anybody else, that's a 120 point swing and there's your that's ball game. Yeah. I picked Viola Davis for Suicide Squad, and someone came to my house and punched me in the face. <laughs> I'm not going to say who. It was that another person so from the draft. That so seems like something you would do. You know what? She was great. Amanda Waller is one of the best. I'm a she huge, great huge Suicide Squad fan. I have all the issues of the Ostrander run, and I will always go see a Suicide Squad movie with 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 hope in my heart. I sometimes will. Uh I was. I'm aware enough of it. I've read the occasional comic, and then I saw the the animated film a, a couple years ago, and I knew enough about the Amanda Waller character that I, I remember thinking, like, okay, who's playing her? When I saw it was Viola Davis, I thought, well, at least that they, part's going to be. They went good. out yeah. to Oprah. Did they really? Yeah. Are you kidding? They me? mentioned they mentioned Oprah. Yeah. That would have been that actually would have been kind of neat to see that. Yeah. Um, okay, and as as it always must, we're going to end on Oprah. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, this was a long episode. Hopefully people enjoyed it. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed the Oscars in the comment section. Please let us know, uh, what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, if you were sorry, there's no Snoke talk. Uh, hopefully next year when we watch star Wars, the last Jedi, there'll be more Jedi, obviously being singular. No, right. they're only talking about one Jedi. One there's Jedi. no question Couldn't about be more it. than one Jedi. How do we other, know Snoke isn't uh, the last Jedi? Otherwise, they'd because he's a Seth. Uh, otherwise, That's they would have said of Jedi's. Sure, because nope. Jedi is singular. Jedi's is plural. We all and they know would have that. Said, it would have been J E D I apostrophe S. Right. Yes, because that's what's how interesting, you make it plural. What's interesting about the word Jedi is that uh, when you pluralize it, it is also possessive. <laughs> Uh, because when you get more than one Jedi in a room, uh, then out. they start they start taking possession of things. Uh, it's a little known fact about uh, about Jedi's. But sorry, so. folks, there's no Snoke. How big he really is? What's going on in the middle of his head? Is he another character from the original films? Like, is he you know Count Dooku in, in another form? Is he uh, is he Mace Windu? In another form, mm -hmm. is he uh, Jackson, the Green Bunny from the seventies comics? In See, another that's form, that's what I thought. That's what, uh, that's, what I, is, that's what I had my money yeah. on. Is you know we don't we don't know, <laughs> but we'll listen. As you know, this is Snoke Central. We are your place <laughs> for all Snoke news. So keep listening <laughs> and keep snoking. <laughs> And on that note, yes, thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll get you next time. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.